Hey, this is Robert Atkins, artist of G.I. Joe and Snake Eyes. You're listening to the 11 o'clock comments. Oh, that was beautiful. Check one, check two. Microphone check one, two. What is this? I knew, I knew it was coming. Is that enough for you? Am I burning enough fucking calories for you? How many? Oh, I'm running four miles. That's a, that's about six fifty. Okay. That's well, good. Depends on your build, but it does, and your speed, and your incline. Depends on a lot of things, actually, right? Well, yeah. It's Chicago, so it's it's flat as a you know fucking two dollar hicker. Yeah, but you're running fast because you got the essays getting ready to shoot you every time you turn a corner. Oh. No, I no, I'm running. I moderate because I got fucking Rory runs really fast and Parker is fucking lazy. So I got one of dog dogs. Huh? You take the dogs with you? Yeah. Oh, I think that's, that's cool. very cool. I like yeah, that. I like when people you know, do I, that. Beth is always saying to me, "Why don't you bring the dog for to run?" And I just—it's a selfish thing. He—I don't like it because he's—you know—he's a dog. He's got uneven pace. True. And I can't have that. So uh, well, don't ever take. Here's the thing, Chase, is that I wouldn't have the. Um, uh, the fortitude to get up every morning at like 4.50 in the morning if it wasn't for Rory, who's like sitting there staring at me, much like Georgia would if you were in the house, saying, okay, daddy, it's time to go running. So what, the dogs are the ones that get me out of bed. Right. right. Because they can't, they can't wait to run. It's awesome. There you go. You have a plan. Respect. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, Chris. It's really awesome. <laughs> it's a mouth, mouthful of goo. Seriously, yeah. Carol, Carol Channing in the house. There we go. Sorry, girl's best friend. <sighs> Dude, you would hit Carol Channing just to say you did it. Sure, I would. Why not? Yeah, she was kind of hot in her day. Way back in her day. Better day today than yesterday, Boo. Well, yeah, because I wasn't at work. Oh, see that? There you go. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know who you're talking to. Ah, nice. Oh, that's funny. Because we're, we're the dudes who actually do talk to each other on Twitter. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. No, Vince did send me a DM late this afternoon. So yeah, and I, it, I, I it, felt the love. It's always the same thing. We, I always bitch on somebody and send yeah, him the DM. It's awesome. It's yeah. great, though. I love it. I know who you're talking about. That's funny. Uh, so maybe Jason will get the, uh, the emails about his levels this week instead of me. Was that you, or were they talking about me? me? You assume that you're the showrunner, Vince. Yeah, well, it's whoever's talking lead. Right. The latest well, episode. Yeah, but you know, it honestly, it could have been, it could have been from a couple weeks ago. I, whenever exactly. It was said latest episode. Yeah, I, I like, actually thought, like, I thought that too, Chris, because there was the one episode that we did when Vince was away. Where I mean, I heard a couple times you f- fade out, but I don't, I didn't, I thought it was just me because at one point I think I was like, "Hey, I, are you guys hearing that?" And then you both were like, "No, no, everything's fine." So. Maybe maybe that's what he was talking about. Yeah, but step up my game. A Yeti. You can't step up very far from a Yeti. Right. Yeah. But things are awesome. Oh, but you, know, it, you know what you can add to it, Vince? Um, what? A big pile of I give a fuck. Well, no, no so, but I do care, Chris. That's my problem. Oh, I have a question about the Yeti. So, are, so as we talk, you're sitting there um, like with a microphone, Vince? Yeah. Okay, so do you just have separate headphones right now? I do. You can either plug them in... You can plug them into the Yeti, or you can plug them into your... Don't do it, Jason, because whenever I use the Yeti, Vince says, you sound terrible. Because oh, so theoretically, like, I can get a Yeti and then plug, like, my earbuds or, like, yes. my, my Beats into that. Right. You don't have Beats, for real. 
Oh, why would you waste money on that shit? It, I didn't. Think it was a gift, actually. Oh my goodness! It was a gift. Wow. Yes, it, it, oh, I, it really actually was. I'm not kidding. It I opened up the 3D printer, and inside the printer, it made me a copy of Beats. No, no, I mean to be honest, the the gift is because we do that thing in Vegas every year. You know, the mm-hmm. uh, like the, the BG, you know, the football retreat. Right. Not kidding. We have We have a gift exchange, like one of those things where everybody brings gifts. And you have to bring a gag gift and a legit gift, but then the uh, the owners of FBG um, they throw like ridiculously cool prizes into the mix too, mm-hmm. ranging from like an envelope with a couple hundred bucks in it to like an iPad to different things. And so Beats were one of the things. That's all. So honestly, for real, do they sound better than ordinary headphones? There's absolutely no reason to spend the money on them. There you go. <laughs> I bought. I, See, you're like a rational Bose, human it's being. It's like Bose. It's like people buy Bose like. Those Bose docks and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, that's Bo-. like." Nah, dude, I love my Bose. Bose is fine, but you're paying for the name Bose. Yeah, right. I, you are. So I, I but, tell you what, I, I tell you what, I got, and I absolutely love it. Is the uh, the Jabra Soulmate? That's right. Yeah. That thing is for real. That has a large sound for such a, a little a footprint. Bone? I, I have I have one with a lot of teeth in it. Not a jawbone. Is that what the name of it? The thing with the where you can play your music. Uh, that, that's the soulmate. The soul, that's the that's Jabra's version of that. You're, yeah, you're. Um, not the, I'm not talking about the Jabra one. I have a Jew harp. Yeah, no, I've, I know what Jason. Yeah, it's um. Uh, who makes the uh, the jawbone one? Um, the Jew. That's what it's called, right? Jawbone. Yes. Yeah, that's that's because they. They came out with the Bluetooth earpieces, and then they came out yeah. with the little. And, and it's and it's really nice, but for the money, the uh, the soulmate. No, okay, I'm not talking uh, about the bone. I'm talking about the thing. It's like a, like a Sonos, but you can bring it wherever you want and play your music yeah. on. It. Yeah. yeah, it's a Bluetooth. They make speaker. one of those. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh, the Jambox. It's the Jawbone Jambox. That's what's right. Okay. But Jawbone makes it. Okay. Hey, everybody! Hi. It, it's eleven o'clock. Comics. At least it ain't Jabber one. Get the Jabber one. It's better. Hi. All right. Let us, awesome. 11 o'clock comics, episode 276. I'm Vince B, standing way far away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can't see you, but I'm assuming you are. And yes, I'm Christopher Neesman, and uh, my mic is uh, about an inch from my mouth. Mm, just the way we like it. Insert joke here. Mm, it's ready for penetration. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm David Price. I'm just, I'm here. You are, thank goodness. Uh, and we are much happier to hear you being here than you sound to be here. Uh, because, <laughs> But I'm telling you right now, listeners, if you want the sexy time photos, ping me because I'm Carlos Danger. <laughs> Boy, you're not Carlos Danger. You are the svelte and suave Jason Wood, everybody. But I am not as svelte as, uh, as oh. Anthony Weiner. Your 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 all's mayoral race is so entertaining. Whoa whoa whoa, son! Goyevich, thank you. Whoa, time out. I live in Kinalon, New Jersey. Yeah, but you work. But you but you work in New York, dude. I I have never. So don't act. So don't act like it's not in some way your mayoral race. Unlike you, who seems and many of people who live in a city that feel absolutely compelled to identify yourself with, with the city, I have never once in my life for a millisecond considered or even pretended to refer to myself as a New Yorker. Except I, that's where all your income comes from. You I, don't yeah. have to run for office to get good comics <laughs> cheaply. I'm on a rant here. I would in Manhattan again. You, you, you work I, in Manhattan. It's where, your, it's where your livelihood comes zero. from. So how can that not be in some way your mayor? Yeah, I'm trying to hear it. 
Fuck him. And you can get mayor discounts at DCBService.com where you can get all your funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, 35 to 75% off. The new discount list is not up yet, but rest assured it will be both deep and plentiful. They're, like I said, 35 to 75% off. They have their monthly spotlighted specials that sometimes creep up close to 75% off. It's nuts. You can also get your previews cheaply. Get the paper copy, people. Not going to go into it again. And if you're a first-time customer, enter this code that David will so graciously tell you into the follow, into the slot, and you'll get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, what the heck is that code? That code is EOC8. See how it works? EOC11 o'clock 8. EOC8 gets you an extra 8% off pushing your order somewhere close to like 99% off. It's crazy. You're getting them for almost free. You can select your shipping preference and they do not mind late orders or additions to already placed orders. They're the best. DCBService.com. Just go there. Just do it. If you you listen to anything I say, go there. You will be happy. How in the hell are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so in the mood to talk about comics. Me too. I got a thank you and a shout out though. You do them. Okay, first the thank you uh, from, uh, I guess you could actually say our one-time roommate, Mr. Tom King, because he did sleep on our floor in C2E2 for a night. He did. He did. Uh, Tom is, aside from being a great guy and um, a co-host of No Apologies with our boy Chris Campbell, uh, he is also a um, well-regarded novelist. And an incredibly interesting person to talk to if you ever have a chance. Definitely. Uh, He actually used to work for the CIA, which is interesting. Jason, dude. Dude, it's on the dust jacket of his book. I'm joking. (laughs) But his his first... He's going to have to kill you now. Yeah, dude. His first novel uh, called A Once Crowded Sky has been out for probably, let's say, what, a year, year and a half now? Yeah, Uh, I would say that. and the paperback was just released after a successful run of the hardcover, and he was kind enough to send me a copy of the paperback. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So much love to Tom. And who did the cover? The cover, I'm assuming, because I didn't look it up, but I'm assuming it's Mr. Fowler. Yep. Yeah, because uh, I know he did some work in the book. Uh, and then my shout-out is actually to my little man, my four-year-old son, Holden. Look at you. Yeah, so Holdy uh, had his he he had uh, his first ever trip to the emergency room this week. Uh, broke his finger, split it open, and uh, he's got a, a little little splint cast on it now. But he's doing good, and uh, I just want to give him a little shout out. So give him a big all hug for me. Those mm-hmm. the the Facebook pictures like broke my heart. I know. Yeah. What has done to your son? <laughs> no, I know that flak jacket picture is uh, pulled at the heartstrings. So. Yeah, I've got a shout out. Nice. Um, to Bean. Bean. Nice. Just for Bean, Bean. Wow. Um, I love it. Yeah. he's. I mean, I, that guy is awesome, and we have so much in common musically, and I, I, I don't have a chance to talk to him enough, but he's one of the people on the forum, which is where, David? <laughs> I love when he just throws it to David like right? David. Hey, man. I was paying attention. Bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. Or just go to www.11oclockcomics.com. You might want to put a dot between that last W and the one. But he's one of of the people at our forum that 
I, I'm so glad that I've been able to meet both, you know, virtually in the internet world and personally, and just a really great guy. And uh, and I just wanted to uh, to give him a shout out for being uh, for being him. So there you go. Well, that's incredible. No, it's not. Sure. Yo, so, I read a lot of good shit this year. We did, but we we week. we still have to do the drink roll call, right? At least oh, two right. of Which us. Some people like to skip. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. It's whatever. I don't care. Oh, so that means that Vince is actually partaking this week? No, no, I'm no, no. Of course not. Right. <laughs> so Vince, uh, you go ahead and disappoint us. I I'm drinking that's Pepe Mac. Either. Uh, of course you are. Yep. Uh, With ice. Okay. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, I am, this is, uh, 1792 Ridgemont Reserve Barrel Select Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 46.85% alcohol by volume. No shit, you are, you, you have been bitten by the bourbon bug. Yeah, he's become you. I know he has. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am no, no. really, really liking this. <laughs> um, yeah, the 1792 is pretty good stuff. That's, it is not bad. It's the second time I've had it, and, and it, 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 um... I guess it's somewhat. It seems to be a little stronger this time, but well, what what's the what's the proof on it? It is uh, at ninety three point seven. Okay, you know that's that's like a nice middle of the road proof yeah. on that. You know, I it it depends. If I'm going to sip on on a bourbon, I want to get it in the eighty to ninety proof range, and you can you can monkey with that, you know, yourself. If you have a higher proof bourbon, you can knock it down with water or ice or whatever, uh, or or you can just you know chill it and 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 drink it straight. Um, but if I'm going to mix it with something, which will you know my drink real call will uh, will involve that. You know, I want something in the hundred plus range right. if I'm, I'm going to mix it. So, uh, so Jason, how about you? Well, I'm not going to disappoint you either, my friend. Uh, I, David has turned into you, and I've turned into David for the yeah. third straight week. I've got grapes to talk about. Great. I am drinking the Gnarly Head Pinot Noir. It's uh, California Pinot, uh, 2011 vintage. Uh, it's good. If I'm being honest, it's a little smidge too sweet. Like I would prefer yeah. it to be a little less sweet, but uh, it was already open, and the wife uh, likes it, and so I'm gonna I'm having a couple couple glasses of it. Is that, not, is that not Spanish for black penis? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I read a comic book this week uh, with black penis as a character. Nice. Yeah. No, the the gnarly head's nice. It's maybe a little thin, but no, it's a it's a, it's a nice um, um, just kind of like everyday pinot. Yeah, it's cheap. Have it with dinner. It's like nine you know. bucks a bottle. It's cheap. And you know what? That there's nothing wrong with a ten dollar bottle of wine. No, it's no. no. It's uh, if that's what you're going to have with dinner, that's that's fantastic. Or while podcasting, uh, or as my as my wife says, drink what you like, and uh, and I totally agree with that. Um, I have, I think I had had one of the um, uh, the Breckenridge um, Summer Brights last week. I'm going to have that in uh here in a few minutes but uh but before that i'm having some uh, because i'm watching my figure i'm having some wild turkey 101 and mm. diet squirt squirt okay. diet squirt oh. and wild turkey 101 all right all right so does, it, does that make the drink i i i should be ashamed of asking this is that the make the drink taste differently when it's diet and not regular? you know the diet the diet squirts actually okay I'm yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. You know, I I kind of wig out on the the processed stuff in in diet sodas, but you know, I figure it's you guys. Remember, he's paleo, Vince. 
they had the diet. They had the aspartamine in back in the paleos. Aspartamine is that like aspartame? <laughs> yeah, that's why I say it's different. <laughs> yeah. I, I pronounce I everything. Magne- I think magneto. Magneto makes aspartame. Aspartamine. Aspartamine. <laughs> You guys were fun. Nice. Let's talk so, about some comics. I'm super excited. Or, or, is this, or is this the time, you know, I was wanting to talk about, like, abortion, and we could write a fucking <laughs> love letter to fucking Coke Brothers. It's, it's, we could do that. Fucking tea party meeting. I heard Vincent trapped me last week. I did. Yeah, I was hammered yeah. and caught me at a moment where my, my defenses <laughs> were down. That's what I do. He got me to start ranting, and I, I next day I was like, "Ugh, I'm like, no, nah, that was awesome." He did, yeah. No, as soon as he, I think as soon as Jason woke up, he sends me a message. It was, so, Fuck, I, what did I, I do? I was like, "Oh damn, what did David, I do?" Were you, Were you there? He was, but he didn't say I was, anything. I didn't. I, I, yeah, you, I, I, I bit my tongue. Oh, wait for the social democrat to leave the room, and and then you pick uh, on David. I'm I waiting was, for them to leave was, the country. Never mind I, the room. I, I was, I was. Uh, it, I, was, I was tired. It was a long freaking day. You know, I, I told no, you that. I did not take the bait. We had to go to the goddamn hospital. <sighs> get it's no I fair. Just, I was well, not. All, I was, I'm not saying you had to care. Yeah. In all just, seriousness, I uh, I said this on the forum, but for those people, because I'm sure we we have infinitely more listeners that don't come to the forum. Uh, uh, I'm sure Vince and I both stand by everything we said, but sure. I also recognize that you know. But as we come to the show to talk to our buddies and have fun, that's right. I'm sure most of you listen to the show to have fun and laugh. And yeah. And hear. So, but, but in our defense, it was towards the tail end. That's when the shit usually hits the fan. All I'm saying is, you know, we're, you know, it, we got uh, the stuff out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you? Any of you check out the thing that I sent to you today? No, because we're not using Dropbox anymore. No, not yet. I haven't. I, I saw the cover. The cover's gorgeous. Okay. Well, who wants to go first? Um, I did, Vince, read it, if that's what you're talking oh, about. Oh, you did? Yes, sir. Nice. Okay. Fantastic. Um, can, can you, can you um, humor me and let me go first this time? Are you going to talk about that? Yeah. Of course. Because I'm super excited. Am I allowed to interject? Or Anytime you, you want. Anytime you want. Um, it's the first issue published by a company called Black Mask Comics, which I guess is uh, the brainchild of one Steve Niles, yeah, horror writer, mm-hmm. uh, along with Brett Gerwitz, or Gervitz, whatever, uh, and Matt Pelozo. Uh, this was written by a man named Adam Egypt Mortimer. That's a very cool what a name, right? Illustrated by Derek Robertson. Color by Diego, really? Ro- yes. Color by Diego Rodriguez. Letters by our buddy Crank, and the whole sh- oh, hey. yeah, the whole shebang is uh, dedicated with much love to the legendary Jean Henry Gaston Giraud. You know who that is? Of course, dude. That's Mobius. I mean, if you if you don't know who that is at this point, the Gerard to the show, then oh, which no, is it's, funny because it's Giraud. It's one of my one of my favorite comments after last week is that the only reason that uh, that anyone would say that about Steve Ditko is because Mobius is dead. I <laughs> oh, see. I wasn't going to go down a dicko route. Either. Not even. It's not even true. It's not even funny or true. Oh, but anyway, it's, so, it's, so record, it's, it's not true. true. It's, it's not true. true. Sorry, so true and hilarious. It's, I it's, wasn't actually. I didn't mind the discussion, but I have to say, I was with Chris and that uh, Mario unintentionally fired up about that. When Mario yeah. implied that we had, if we were actual artists, we might think differently, <laughs> or if we asked real artists, I was like. And he and Freaky Tiki's fucking bullshit about these fucking Pittsburgh Pirates has allowed <laughs> me to go off the end, and and they both both of you, I'm I'm doing the eye thing. <laughs> 
For Watch the record, though. The book in question <laughs> <laughs> is called Ballistic. Yes. Uh, a very, not a great name for the book, because all it does for me is conjure images of the Top Cow character. Uh, now, I love the Cyberforce stuff, but this yeah. the approach here is worlds away from that. Better um, that than the uh, Lucy Liu, Antonio Banderas movie. I didn't see that. But anyway, this is uh, the first chapter uh, in the adventures of Butch. And he is an HVAC repairman. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, HVAC, of course, stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. It may not sound like a hopping time to you, kind of mundane even, but uh, not so where our boy Butch resides, because in the uh, city of uh, Repo, it's a Repo City State, air conditioners, and from what I can tell in this issue, pretty much every other kind of machinery and uh, some architecture, too, are sentient. Uh, biomechanical, also known as wetware. These things are alive. They're living, thinking, talking it's alive. machines. And Butch apparently has a way with some of them, uh, a fact which prompts the up-and-coming crime cartel boss, dude by the name of Kim Duck Jr., mm-hmm. to give Butchie a call. When hey, his, can we hit uh, the pause button for a second? Because I want to interject here. Go ahead. Uh, I know you have a flow, so I don't mess your flow up. But I love the book. <laughs> yeah. I love the book. But if I'm being real, I thought the Kim the character was crazy racist dude like oh of course it is yeah racist. yeah even the the speech patterns in the language yeah that's what i mean oh it yeah written, like so offensively because the guy's asian and he speaks broken english oh my god way. yeah uh, it was it just was like really i'm like it's just it just it was a little i could see asian americans reading that being like what the fuck he's like a thug <laughs> version of sai he he yeah. looks a little like sai yeah. you know what i mean yeah. he's like this dumpy uh chubby kind of kind of cute asian dude but he's a big dick he's he's an up-and-coming crime cartel boss and he's he's flexing his muscles um so he gives butch a call because his air conditioner's on the fritz and he has a hard time beating the shit out of people when his you know pad is sweltering hot but butch on the other hand has aspirations he doesn't want to be an hvac man forever so he wants in on the cartel he you know on the action he wants he wants to to uh, become a, a a dude they still call them made men yeah we, of course uh, because he dreams of, him on. listen to the the new jersey guy it's like oh yeah oh now he's from new jersey the, the <laughs> i never know he was. I, dude i'm proud of being from jersey i'm not from new york i'm say, right but that's what i'm with you bro oh oh but yeah because, yeah, yeah, yeah chris yeah chris bra uh, butch dreams of robbing a bank he wants to pull off a massive heist uh, and, and, and a fact, you know, he openly relates to Kim Duck while he's elbow deep in the dude's sputtering uh, air condition unit. But Junior reminds Butch that he owes him a very large chunk of change, and he uh, detains him. Well, actually, his tentacle doorknob detains him from leaving the premises. But Butch is not without his defenses, because strapped to his leg is another slab of wetware, a particularly nasty talking pistol named Bang Bang. And this thing is eager to rain down some Holocaust halitosis on Junior and his uh, thugs. Uh, think David Cronenberg and Videodrome. Uh, Butch's pal Bang Bang, he directly 
interfaces with his body he's like he sinks this this barb into his skin and melds with his adrenal glands and it's just this symbiotic relationship a bit like venomesque right just a little uh but uh, for slaughter for t- they just destroy shit uh butch makes it out of there alive in a bat-winged flying biomechanical cherry red 57 chevy it is cool as hell the the car is sentient as well semi-sentient and it flies it flaps its wings and damn thing flies how cool is that a flying 57 bat-winged chevy visually it's friggin stunning there's a there's a full page landscaped panorama they set the scene early in the book of uh, repo city state and this i i'm very happy to report is the Derek robertson we all know and love this is not the oh my god i'm so bored with the boys Derek robertson this is hyper detailed intense bazillion lines Derek robertson yep. and, and it is gorgeous you know and, you know on that front vince like it's funny you mentioned the boys because as you know i did not too not too long ago finished you know kept, just mm-hmm. finished the entire series but you know um i read this plus something else this week by the two primary boys artists and i thought the same thing as you just alluded to both is like wow like these guys are so much better when they're motivated. Like I know, yeah. Robertson, and then I'm talking about John McRae on the Mars Attacks. Uh, like, yeah, he's great on that. But they, they both like you can like you read these and you're like that's why they're who that's why they're names. Yeah, you know? the the yeah. boys miniseries that McRae did. What was the name of it? Um, it was ass, dude. I know. Uh, Herogasm. Yeah, it's, it's like absolutely he horrible. Cash the check. See you later. But anyway, um, so uh, where am I here? Butch gets out of there, but he's got uh, an ace up his sleeve because when he was fingering Kim Duck's AC unit, he pulled a piece out of there, a part. And uh, actually, it's it's an organ, I, I would guess, because the thing is alive. Um, and this organ was privy to Kim Duck's plans and uh, like his data files and his plans on what he, he, he wanted to do. Uh, so Butch plans to beat him to the punch. And, and get the object, steal it from a bank or wherever it um, currently resides, and give it to Kim Duck in order to settle the score, get his pay his debt, and become you know one of the boys, right? Uh, but things get out of hand in a number of ways because Butch has a, a number of gal pals, and they and Bang Bang trip balls on a drug that's a mix of. Uh, Stage three syphilis. They to- they toke on a bong of stage three syphilis, and they get knocked on their ass, including the gun. There's one part where uh, uh, Butch's love interest says, "Your gun looks like what, what does she say? It looks like a the the mouth of a woman or something like that." And she sucks on the barrel of the gun, like she's going down on the gun. It's nuts. It's hot too, but um. So so the next day he goes on the bank heist, and as you can assume. Because the the gun was whacked out the night before, it doesn't act like it normally does, and the and this shit hits the fan. And I'm not going to tell you anymore. Read the damn thing yourself because it's awesome. It's like one of the most entertaining, inventive books I've read in at least two months. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. This is a book I remember explicitly reading the uh, the uh, solicited in the in previews and. You know, it didn't do much for me, and I'll tell you why. Because um, number number one, it was from a publisher, like you said, that I it was new, and I'm always a little leery on that front. 
two, I if I'm keeping it real, I've never been a huge Steve Niles fan. Um, so I was like, ah, I don't know. And then three, like the really? the yeah yeah three, the artwork while you know um, like the the drawing of the gun and stuff. Like I was thinking, oh, you know, this looks a lot like an Avatar book. And again, you know, I know like Vincent Edgar big, but but for me, I haven't been a huge fan of the Avatar stuff. So I just I had like a lot of things going against it, and I probably wouldn't have read it if you didn't rave about it but i'm yeah. glad that you did because it was so creative yep. and uh funny you know it was really funny uh and action-packed yep. and uh naughty which you know i always there, like it's very adult yeah, yeah. very adult it's um, violent bloody um there's foul language in it um i will say uh if, chick starts sucking his gun yeah blah, blah. Yep. if if you're a, a fan of william s burroughs and it's a serious character flaw if you're not uh, this book is it, this book will flip all the right triggers uh, and switches because Burroughs is alive in this thing. It's very much like Burroughs' inner zone stuff and uh, his most of his sci-fi stuff are is in, in the same channel. And this is right in that groove, baby. David Cronenberg, you'll be screaming, "Long live the new flesh!" Their Videodrome is deep in this thing. It 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 just. It's in there. It's like wetware. I, I love it. But I, like I said, I wish they called it something else, like meat gun or, or even <laughs> even even wetware or something. Like ballistic just doesn't do it. You'll be it, You know, yeah. it's, no, I hear you. It, it, that's the only thing I can I can only detract I can take from this because it's not the title. Just it's what's boring. And yeah, the book the book is anything really but boring. Yeah. Uh, you could tell Robertson is is extremely inspired. Because mm-hmm. he he's doing really great work on this book, yeah. yeah. And you can get it. They, they offer you a bunch of different flavors. I think you can subscribe to all five issues, paper for like fifteen bucks, mm-hmm. or you can digital um, download them from their site, which is uh, www.blackmaskstore.com. And I think they give you a discount if you get. The, the whole package digitally or if you just want the first one you, you have a number of options I'm, I'm just letting you know and you should really uh, act on that because this is a great series uh, if the if each issue follows this first one it's going to be awesome no doubt yeah A plus respect yep yeah no I'm with you and, and kudos to you for recommending it I was as surprised as you because you know what I mean? you got to take Robertson with a little bit of uh, you got to mm. be a little leery after some of the I mean uh, the happy thing was a step in the right direction I thought um, but yeah some of the boys I mean he's still good but you could tell when he's just not fired up yeah yeah I agree this is I'll, super fired up I'll tell you what what some weeks you know you some weeks you're busy you don't read a lot of stuff some weeks you read a lot of stuff and doesn't really do it for you and then other weeks you read some stuff and it's all freaking good and uh those are the best weeks and they you know they're not they're not as common as as i wish they were but uh this was one of those weeks like i read so many things i love this week i always make plans early um after recording uh an episode for what i'm going to read the 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 following week and i'll tell you without fail something arrives last minute and i bring that to the table usually like on monday night Monday or Tuesday, I'll find something like, oh, man, I want to talk about this. And I'll read something over the weekend and invest my time in it, and it's, mm-hmm. I almost never bring it to the table. It's weird. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Huh. Uh, maybe it's because I'm old 
and and, and my mind is not as, as sharp as it used to be. So be. the you know the recent stuff is fresh. But yeah, I read something this weekend too, just knocked my ass off. And maybe I'll, I'll probably talk about it later. Because right. you'll all you'll all dig on it. Every every one of you. Nice. Even Chris. Nice. Why do you gotta single me out? No, because I know you'll love it. Because you you've made you've you you've you've said so in the past. Really? Yeah. So Rings. there. So there. And I, I saw the thing you were talking about last week. The uh, Punisher. The Garth Ennis Punisher with uh, Gordon uh, Pavlov. The, the Fury Pavlov, yeah. Pavlov was the guy with the dog. Um, uh, Books a Million has a huge selection of discounted Marvel trades and hardcovers. Uh -huh. And that Punisher thing was one of them. It was the first volume for $4.97. Wait, the... The Punisher Max or yeah, the Punisher Fury Max, Max. Uh, Fury Max, Fury Max, Fury Max. Yeah, that would be the price second volume of Fury Max. Well, whatever it was, it was cheap. Fury Max. Yeah, they like Spiderman. They had uh, Tom Fowler's uh, Hulk book for seven dollars and change. Yeah, I, I always hate when you talk about books a million because I saw you tweeting about this too. Like I, we don't have any any requests. Oh to man, I just don't, and I would I'm love to hook that up. You would you would scoop. Uh, that Doctor Strange season one thing, seven dollars mm -hmm. and change. Hey, did you see what Omnibu Marvel's putting out this month? Yes, the uh, Uncanny X Men, um, the rest of the John Byrne stuff. Well, no, that was I'm talking about that's in the uh, this month's previews. This month's previews. Wow, wow, the entire Joe Kelly Deadpool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, oh, when I saw awesome. that, I was like, yeah, so awesome. I'm gonna quadruple dip. Thirty three issues, right? Wow, quadruple dip. Yep. Yep. All right. That that's kind of cool, but seriously. <laughs> Fucking put out the rest of the goddamn John Byrne fucking X-Men. Sons of bitches. Why, they only released one volume of that? Yeah, they got the uncanny. Yeah. And it's like right before the death of yeah, the yeah. like, yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. That, that's like getting it stroked and she got to go answer the phone. I want to hear what David's reading. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Right, Vince? Yeah, it's like, really? Right. Oh, I didn't even know we wanted to put a stop to the show. I'm dying to know how much of it was you didn't care for it to how much of it was really. Oh, yeah, he's oh, been a little tough lately. This is yes. behind stuff. I, yeah, it, Discriminating, I would say. It's, it's, um, I seem to be way overly critical, uh, uh, with my first impressions. And then as I, cause I realized I was, um, when we were talking, we were discussing what we were going to probably be talking about this week, things we've read. Um, there were two things that I mentioned that um, I may not – I need to read something else because I'd like to talk about things that I enjoyed. And partly it's because Jason already did talk about these Man, two types. Bit. But um, – because someone's got to be timely. And and the wow. – uh, You. Well, because I never am. And the uh, – and because a lot of it for me is just – same old, same old. I, I, I'm about done reading about selfish, entitled, immature, spoiled superhero characters. I, I, I have enough real oh life. Oh, God. You're done for the next fucking two decades, then. <laughs> Pretty much. So, um... That's, that's the... The cranky old man is in me is just like, dude, that's the, uh, that's the generation the coming purpose. behind us. It's, it's the, uh... It's just... I, I read the first two issues of Jupiter's Legacy because Jason did talk about it. Um, and if, if I could just get the, the, 
the 1930s era, first eight pages of that first issue, if they could have continued that, I probably would have really enjoyed the title. But once we get into present day and we're dealing with their damn offspring, I was just... And and Jason's right. You know, Miller can be a bit of, of a hard sell for me. So mm-hmm. um, I... I'm here for the artwork. I, I there is there are very few people who can actually put two characters in a panel and and just make them feel like they're alive right there. And and I thought Quietly's art was fantastic. Um, it may not be his his All Star Superman best ever work, but I I, I really did like what. I saw it in the book. The um, and yeah, Jason's right again with the with, with the noble causes. There's also um, there's the whole there's a Shakespeare thing going on between with, with the uncle and Jupiter's son. Um, you know, I, I could I'm kind of interested to see where it's going. So I, I you know the two issues didn't turn me off. It's not and when I say that I'm I'm critical initially, I, I put the book down and I'm like I don't know if I can keep reading this, but then as I'm telling Renee about what was going on in the books and, and I mentioned things like in the second issue where Jupiter's son and, and his, his friend are for no reason whatsoever, except they think they're being helpful. And, and even the, the, the captain of, of the freighters, like we were making good time. We don't even know if we can arrive in the port early but you know you didn't have to do this as as they're trying to bring this this ocean vessel in, in into San Diego and and because they're drunk and wasted and and screwing things up they're about to cause more damage than that they can fix and here comes dad to save the day and he basically scolds his son in front of his son's friends and and says you know you can you, you're going to go down fly to that mall and wait there until your mother can pick you up. And I really did laugh at that scene. And there were some good moments. There were, it wasn't, I didn't read it feeling disgusted like I just finished Kick-Ass or anything like that. This was just, I I guess because I'm really not supposed to like the character. So in that regard, I, I guess Miller did his job. So I'm, like I said, I haven't written the book off the other book can i be devil's lapdog for a second i i think you know it's it's one of the problems with periodicals and and as opposed to graphic novels or let's just call them collected edition stories in one shot right you're a little put off by the kids right because they're slackers or not they're 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 pricks in other words right and if you digested that whole story however many issues it is was it five issues i have no idea whatever right if you had to read that in one chunk that progression maybe there's going to be a turnaround somewhere in the story where they no right maybe the if they take the journey that say uh octavius did in superior spider-man where bad guy now he's you know kind of sort of on the side of good i mean at least as far he's not running around killing people right yeah Spider-Man team up yet? Then go ahead. I have it. I just didn't read it yet. Um, I thought the the art was surprising, um, but anyway, so the the author is going to take you on this trip where you have a character that changes over the course of the story. But because you're reading them, 
in 22 page chunks you're not aware of that as much as you would be if you read that whole thing in one shot and you see you know what i mean the the the, yes. the transition i think that's that's where periodicals fail but it's it would also be so i i finish reading jupiter's legacy and then if i read say quantum and woody yeah where mm. where woody acts in a way very similar to the kids from Jupiter's Legacy. Right. So now I'm now I'm reading another book where there's a character that's reminiscent of that just sense yeah. that, that, that some people have. So there's a lot of it out there. It, it's like why people don't read watch the news anymore. It's because it's just it's it's the same old sad, bad, depressing crap. So and it doesn't true. matter what channel you're gonna watch. But when they make the, the change though, it makes the payoff all the Absolutely, sweet. Yeah. right. So, but you just have to make sure you can compartmentalize that. You can, you know, okay, I know I'm reading this book by these people, and that's just that's this world, and now I need to separate that from this world and read that. And my, my, um, I think I would have enjoyed Quantum and Woody more had they strayed from the storytelling approach from the original series, okay, because. Because all that did was remind me that Priest isn't writing this. Right, right. A little um, too close to home, in other words. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's, you know, I'm... I'm felt like I a thought, bad impersonation versus just something new entirely. A little bit, because it was... I mean, there are, there are some differences. They do stray a little bit, uh, especially um, with with uh, Eric's job and things like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought Fowler was amazing, and, and there were some instances where... Um, there were, I, I didn't outright feel bad for Eric because there were times where he did put himself in these situations, especially at the diner uh, with, with the waitress and her boyfriend. And then, um, you know, I kind of wanted a root for him, but towards the end of the first issue, um, there's something happens where, yeah, he's not. He's flawed also, and and he's real. He has his own issues and his own hangups, and whether whether it's 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 daddy issues or or it's because you know his he this Eric is not as um, doesn't seem to be as uh, buttoned down or, or technically sound as as the one from the original series. He he has he has flaws also, and. Um, and that's fine. So this way, they are trying to separate it. But it, it was just the the presentation of the book um, didn't make it different enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it um, you know it's it's Valiant has done an amazing job with a lot of the properties. Um, I'm stunned at I, at how good. I mean. I, I was a fan back in the day, as right. we all, most of us were. I mean, they, they were they were the the shit for a, at least four years, right? Mm-hmm. Way way back mm-hmm. when, and uh, so so no, I, I was I was four a, months. I was no, it was no, longer than that, that dude. Uh, I was a big fan. It was and, not that long. No, I think it yes. was about four years. As long yeah, as right up until a, it, was, it was a little while later after Unity. Yeah, it was it was a few years. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yeah. The uh, I, I was I was there's a word I would use I was very skeptical um, concerning the return 
because I thought, you know, that lightning in a bottle, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to capture that again. Mm-hmm. Stunned at how good the Valiant books are, yeah. uh, in, in my opinion, yeah. right right across the board. Uh, starting from Shadow Man is my favorite. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, if you go back and listen to when they first launched, I think it was Exo. Was Exo the first one that came out? Yeah. Yes. And if if whatever episode that was, it was a while ago. I I shat all over it. I was like, oh, oh yes. that is horrible. It I don't... Yeah, and I was like, oh fucking. Vi-. Yeah. It was a little and, slow first issue. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then I'll tell you what. It was like. I mean, I wish I could have a redo on that because it's been awesome. I mean, it has been. Um, uh, it's been great, like you said. I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't. don't Bloodshot's don't, great. Yep. Uh, did you read the the Harbinger Wars? No, I'm behind. I'm getting Damn. collected. I'm behind, so I'm behind. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was going to say something because a, a, a group show up, and I was like, "No, really?" And it's like back in the day, they just bring yeah. it, bringing it back, man. It's it's yeah. just great stuff, and it, it's it's super solid. I, I say they have great writers, but the art is equally um, accomplished. They, they they got. A, oh yeah, because even a, their even their air quote fill-ins are still. Oh yeah, Ex- the, extremely yeah. There you go. Yes, I mean that's that's basically. I just wish they weren't three ninety nine. Yeah, that's a huge yeah, chunk of change right. every month. Yeah. But um. Oh, did you see what they're doing? They're doing um, they're they're going back to uh, the the initial batch of issues, and they're doing omnibus. Oversized omnibuses, like for EXO, I think it's the first fourteen issues. Oh, awesome! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they didn't do hardcovers; they they just went straight to trade, right? Right. And they're they're going back and reprinting the original. Well, I, I still have. Where is it? It is. Yeah, here it is. Oh, I should I should Instagram this. It's um, it is still polybagged with the zero issue, the the Harbinger trade. Yeah, we got that I for know. like two bucks, didn't we? Yep, it was super cheap. But I'm talking about the, the the recent Valiant stuff. They're not going back to the original. They're going back to the oh. the, the initial blast of this new Valiant that, okay. that they only printed in trades. They're going to do hardcover, oversized omnibus editions for every book, starting with okay. XO. Damn, I'm in on that. I think I think it's in this previews too. I'm pretty sure it is. Check it out. Is it? I don't remember seeing it, but. It's either it was either in the last one or this one. You know, I really couldn't tell you much of what was in the new previews because I bought the digital edition last week and the damn mm. thing has still not loaded in that stupid reader app. Oh, it's it's just gone. So I still do the paper. So yeah, well, that's what I'm doing from now on. But if you go to DCBS, you can you can there's a link to the digital reader, but you can read it like on the web. It's the same thing as the downloading downloading it to your your device, but you get it right then and there, and it's so stupid. I, I just want the paper version again. Nice. Yeah, it's not conducive to anything but aggravation. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I, I got, I no, it is. It's terrible. It's it's out of paper. Yeah. The the app is is shit, and I and I don't like to to squat on anything, but th- there is no. Absolutely no benefit to the digital previews. It, it, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes it downloads it, it. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just bad. It's 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 evil. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So there you go. Well, Christopher, uh, David, were you finished yeah. or should we let Christopher go? We'll take the chain off for a little while. <laughs> the chain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll come back to something I probably enjoyed so that I don't... I'm telling you, you're, you're going to... I got something for you to enjoy. We'll all... Okay. We'll all geek out. But does that? But but does that? Does that answer your question, Jason? Yes, sir. I appreciate the. Uh, I I was 
I thought you were going to break my heart back-to-back weeks when, when I saw you. I was like, oh, I see. I'm like, he's shitting on my stuff two weeks in a row. <laughs> I could never do that. I can't do that. I, never. I don't know, son. I, gotta, I don't know. I, I make myself like before that happens. Nice. Is this the time where we should tell people how we're um, going to record live from Ibiza for episode 300? Or <laughs> That would be awesome. I've never been there. <laughs> you hear the kettle, yes. kettle drums Ibiza, in the background. You know who I had lunch with uh, last week? I don't know who. Mr. Julian Lytle. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. He was in New York to get his Google Glass. Talk about jealous. No, all right. Really? I'm gonna, really? What the hell is Google Glass? Wait, for real? I don't know what it is. They're glasses. They're, yeah, they're wearable. It's wearable computing. It's basically uh, glasses that, that are a computer. How did he um, square up with that? Well, Google had a contest for their beta uh, yeah. Basically, people could apply, and I think they had like four million applications. In That's the a lottery. lot. And yeah. uh, they picked eight thousand people, and he was one of the eight thousand. Wow! But what does it do? Like, is it is it like? Uh, are we talking like Halo type? You know, I don't date, know. Readout, Halo, but but basically, they look like they look actually very similar to my, my actual glasses. But uh, but they have um, computing technology, so you can. You can record video with a blink of your eye. You can look at the web. You can voice activate commands. It's That's basically, up. Uh, the, yeah, it's their it's their first foray into what I'm sure is going to be the next big thing in computing, which is wearable computing. You know, so uh, it's a pretty amazing. It could be like Tony Stark shit tapping the sky. You know, well, he yeah. actually in our on our forum this this uh, week. If, if you ever went to the forums, Vince, uh, I he saw actually, the video, uh, but I didn't know what it was. It yeah, was just him drawing. Yep, it's of him drawing his awesome webcomic ants. And he's recording it by just looking at himself. But you, you couldn't his... tell. It just looked like a regular old video to Right, me. but he's just wearing the glasses. So that's okay. What's the uh, – how much storage are in the glasses? I don't know that. I mean, it's mostly cloud-driven, obviously, because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's glasses. It's the but, future. But, uh, yeah, I'm but scared I'll tell you what, they're $1,800. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. That's a crap. Now, did he have to pay the $1,800? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dan Julian. The four million people applied to get the right to spend eighteen hundred dollars on these things. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna save my money for the new Mac Pro. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'd much rather have Google Glass. Nah, than Mac Pro. son. I'm buying a new camera. Fuck that's because you just bought a new camera for selling your uh, dude, art page. It's like it's like a painter. You need a different brush for every occasion. By the you need way, a different talk camera. about selling at the top, dude. That was the best sale ever. That was a good sale. That was <laughs> that was a good sale. That would never be as valuable as it was in those few weeks. Yeah, Who I know. And I've actually it's uh um off off topic here. I've actually been getting some photography gigs with that. I saw that, that man. That's camera. awesome. Proud of you. It's it's, it's kind of cool. But yeah, now I'm now I'm camera shopping. I'm going for the uh um Dan uh will will like this hopefully. I'm uh shopping for the Fuji X100S is my next camera. Mm, nice. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited. So get excited uh, about a comic book. Yeah, Tell me, Mr. Well, uh, I like war comics. We knew that. I um, oh, there's a new Jacques Tardy comic out there. So um, got it. Goddamn uh, this war. Um, so for Jay Tomio, um, I want him to know that next week we're going to spend all goddamn two hours. Have talking Have about you it. seen it? I, it's, no, I it's, have. It's oh. in color. There's some weather coming through here in Chicago, so don't be surprised. Ooh, open the window. It. Open the window. I want to hear it. It's the windows open. My dogs are freaking out and shit. Is that, is that a euphemism? Um, 
um, I can't believe that Tomio was dissing on Tardy on nah. the on the forum. One of the true greats. You, personally, you, you personally can't, hurt in a can't. You can't get away well, what did with he that. Say? I didn't see that. He was. He said it's pretty much the only time he tuned out or skipped. Oh. Was talking about, about the French guy that does the war comics. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's, that's Jason. Well, Tomio's my boy, but, uh, that's, that's, he was off base with that. Way off base. <laughs> I mean, I love you, Jay, but, but Tardy's the legit son. You gotta, yeah. you gotta learn. You gotta get, get unlearned with that. It was wrong. It was wrong. Um, it's definitely I, I, I wrong. I like war comics. Um, I like Brian Azzarillo. Um, and, uh, I like Watchmen. So I know that this, ah, was, I was wondering where so, we were going here. We've talked about this for the last couple of weeks. I was just like, read this in your travels, blah, blah, blah. The Comedian by um, um, Azarillo and J.G. Jones for the Before Watchmen. And I know that the whole Before Watchmen, that there are, there are folks out there that, that think of it as being you know blasphemous and they're never going to actually be, <laughs> acknowledge ex- its existence. And, Wait, like, what is I'm not reading it. Doesn't mean I don't think they exist. Well, hold on. There's more to it than that. You you're not reading it like from jump. You said you weren't going to read it, right? Yeah. Right. But I'm saying so. That's, it's that not because you're not interested in it. You're not reading it because you think it's whack that they well, read. My, it. No, hey, he's not alone. I don't think I said whack. I just yeah. I, I, I my watchman is my twelve issues. That that's fine. I don't need to know. And that's and that's that's okay. That's exactly. Okay. That's, <laughs> but you know what? what when you guys were going to talk about it. I wasn't going to be. I wasn't going to quit the show and protest until you stopped talking about you it. Were all over it. Dude. He's not a, a salvation <laughs> thing. I think. We're we're almost I'm we're almost. I mean, get the, we're almost thirty years past. Watchmen coming out. It's, that just makes me feel old. Don't talk about that. I know. No shit. Oh, now we <laughs> But we're almost 30 years from Watchmen being released. And DC, for everything else that they've fucking done wrong in the last two years, which we're not going to get into, they allowed people to go back and and play in that universe that, that was... I mean, it's, it's, it's sacred territory. I mean, we're, we're talking about... What is widely considered the greatest comic book of all time, and I agree with that. But you know what? Sometimes you you have to let people go into that into that playground and and have fun. And Azarillo gets the two characters that he tackled in this, and that's comedian and and Rorschach, and that's um, the uh, the hardcover that I just finished. And they're really good. I mean, really good. J.G. Jones does a great job on art with Comedian. And uh, Bermehu, uh, Lee Bermehu, does a, a fantastic Rorschach. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the rest. I probably started with the two best, which, you know, written by Azarillo. Uh, he's he's going to approach those characters with... Um, uh, I don't want to say reckless abandon because that's not it. it he's going to approach them. He's going to, it's going to be well thought out, but he's going to do a very hardcore, no holds barred version of a comedian and, and Rorschach. And that's what he does. Now, um, the Rorschach story is, I don't want to call it face value, but it's, it's Rorschach as you would imagine him in a, in a, a gang war in, 
the late 70s New York, and there's a serial killer on the loose, and it's beautifully drawn and rendered, and it's, it's, a, it's a good Rorschach crime story. The comedian story, that shit is real. That is, that is the comedian as a CIA operative in just about every nasty CIA-driven operation for 20 years and working with the Kennedys and in Vietnam and all of America's deep, dark, dirty secrets. And he is in the middle of it. And it's fucking fantastic. It is, it is everything that the comedian should be. You, you root for him and then you hate him and then you pity him and at the end of it you just kind of you kind of bury your your head in your hands and you're like what a what a sorry sad person and it's totally his fault mm-hmm. and Azarillo absolutely nails who that character is i mean he is the comedian is Probably, you know, out of all of the Watchmen characters, he's the one that that I pity the most. Not, I mean, he's a horrible person. But, yeah, I mean, you have you have sympathy and you have regret for him because there are glimmers of him being an actual decent person in between. But ultimately, he is an absolutely horrific human being, and. There's absolutely no get out of jail card for him in this, but there are moments where you're you you find yourself going, yeah, okay, I I want him to I want him to succeed, and then he does things that you're like, no, he is an absolutely reprehensible being. It, it's 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 amazing. It's it's really really good. So if if you're if you don't want to read any of the before Watchmen stuff, I understand on a some weird pedestal of you know Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' work should never be tampered with, even though it was Charl- Charlton characters that they had resurrected. You should you should flip the script. You should go and read the the Azarillo volume in this because I think he put a lot of care and time and understanding into those two characters and it um it doesn't doesn't change watchmen it doesn't affect it but it does expand the universe in ways that i think that watchmen fans could appreciate hmm that's a nice little uh send-up i agree with yeah, you. yeah i i would agree too yep uh, it's funny too because I would say the comedian was probably one of the like of the of all the Before Watchmen minis that was probably one that got the worst reviews. But I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I I'm with you. I thought it was good. I thought JG Jones yeah. looked good. Um, but I would say that I mean, if if you enjoyed that and and you're looking for more because you made a comment that you think this was the best of the bunch, I would say that uh, uh, for my money, I, and this also was collected in one volume. Um, I thought the the Dick Darwin Cook stuff was the best, and that was. 
uh, in one deluxe hardcover, you've got uh, the six issues of Minutemen, where he wrote and yeah. drew it, and then you've got the four issues of Silk Spectre, where he wrote it and Amanda Connor drew it. Right. And uh, I think I'm that's sav- I'm, sa- I'm saving that one for last. I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna do the uh, the Night Owl and Doctor Manhattan. Oh, Night Owl. Yeah. That's sad. yeah. I lo- I love the Ozzy Mendes one because of the Jay Lee art. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fucking guy, man. When he's when he's there's another guy when he's into something. He, it, yeah. It's pretty. Yep. It's pretty. Yep. Um, I can't pick a favorite. They're they're all. I think they're all really really good. And That's that cool. that was the thing. No, that was the thing when Chris said, um, you know, DC. He was praising them for for going back to the well on this and and letting other artists and writers play with these characters. They, I mean, it wasn't. It was a gamble, yes, but it wasn't a complete. Um, crapshoot because they picked damn good people to do well, this Well, I mean, stuff. it was it was an artistic gamble. It certainly wasn't a financial gamble. No, but I mean, this is this is top tier artists and writers. I mean, you know, I, I was and, even surprised and, JMS. I mean, he nailed Dr. Manhattan. It was Alan, really Alan, good. Alan Moore said something about that. And, you know, there's, I don't know if there's a bigger Alan Moore fan out of the four of us. Maybe Vince. Um, I don't know. We just love him. He's, uh, yeah, he's the great, he's the He's the greatest writer Dick. in the history of comic books. Period. Um, you get no argument from me there. I'd have to agree with that. He's he is the greatest comic book writer in the history of the medium. That is period. much less debatable than Ditko's. See, yeah. see, I would say he's the greatest writer. Yes, mm-hmm. I'll I'll completely agree with you on that one. But greatest creator, I would say no. Um. It, He's the greatest writer. Yes. He is, he is yeah. the greatest writer in the history of the medium. Yes. He's no Kirby, though, but he's the greatest uh, writer. Yeah, he's the greatest writer in the okay. history of comics. And while that's not debatable, I think that, you know, he is the, the, the creation and the person. You have to separate them. And I can understand that, you know, he had something. He had said something to the effect of when when DC had announced their plans of doing a Before Watchmen that they were going to put their A talent on on Before Watchmen, mm-hmm. and and he said something to the, to the effect, and paraphrasing here that that you know he was kind of skeptical of exactly what their A talent was, and you know I can agree with that. I'm glad that Jeff Johns didn't. Do oh, for things. real? Oh, yeah. Rorschach, yep. you know me. Remember when Jeff Johns was hotness? Yeah. Yep. Oh, God, boy, his star fallen. Um, but I think that DC did a pretty damn good... You know, Darwin Cook and Brian Azzarillo, yeah, those are those are two guys that that I, w- I would trust them with just about anything. Yeah. Um, Connor on art, Jay Lee. I mean, there there are... DC still has... A stable of creators that they can pull oh, no on, and did yeah. pull on, and so yeah, you know what? In my opinion, you know, and I still have, I still have a couple volumes to read here. They actually kind of pulled it off. Oh, they it, definitely did. Yeah, that, oh, I agree you know, completely. That, yeah, they they built on the universe, and you know, while while more is to be held in high regard, you know, he's not. It's it's not it's not holy ground. You know he's he's not a saint. No. He's just he's just the greatest writer the medium's ever seen. He he um, called it um, akin to dumpster diving. That yeah. you know, but yeah, he's guilty of the same thing. Right. Come on, yeah. says the man who's yeah. 
he started it, out with DC Universe characters, um, at least on this side of the yeah, the ocean. Well, that's stuff. that's the thing about Moore, and God, you know, he's and, and I'm not talking down to him because he's at the top of my mount. You know, yeah, granted, he did make all the characters he touched better. I, I don't have a a Mount Rushmore. I've I have a statue. You know, it's uh, honestly, I mean, that's it's a Chia statue. Do you have to keep trimming the beard? He's the I, I <laughs> do what you know. Tend it however you need to. It's I don't have a Mount Rushmore. I've got a statue, and it's and it's Alan Moore. But it his work is incredibly referential, mm-hmm. and that's that's where his strength is. You look at you know League. Which is probably my favorite comic of all time. League is building on on a huge wealth of 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 literary history. Some and could call it dumpster diving. Yeah, some would call it some <laughs> would call it dumpster diving. Um, some would call it come dumpster diving. Oh. Yeah. He's done that too, um, and very well. You know, he's, yeah, he's he's the best of the best. But um, I think it's very interesting to see his reaction to people. Um, rolling over his work whenever you know a, a lot of his work is is very referential, yeah. and um, you know that's 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 just where we are. But I'm not I'm not taking the stance of I'm not going to read the before Watchmen stuff because Watchmen is on so high of a pedestal that that it can't be obtained. <laughs> it's I'm not I'm not going to do that because no, nothing should be sacred in art. Nothing. No. No. Absolutely. No. So I agree with you there. So read comedian. It's uh, it's really fucking awesome. Yeah. Respect. Uh, Chris on the uh, the Tardy volume. Yeah. I have it right here. It's another World War One uh, story from a different perspective than yeah. uh, it was the War in the Trenches. Yeah. It's called Goddamn This War and uh, story and art by of course by Tardy, but uh, it's in tandem with Jean Pierre Vernet, and apparently this guy contacted him when he was doing War of the Trenches and pointed out some of the inaccuracies. Really? Yeah, in the story. So they got together. Um, I guess they, they struck up a friendship, got together, did this. And you not only get Tardy's 90-page uh, Goddamn This War, you also get, in the back of the book, a 38-page, four-column text on each page of what looks like eight-point type. I mean, it's a lot of text. Are we gonna get? Are we ever gonna talk? Uh, does he speak English? Tardy? Do we need to? I don't know. We can get a translator, right? Huh. But I mean, this thing is littered. We need to start working on this shit. It's I'm littered serious. with photographs. Some of them are very, very disturbing. Oh, very, bet. very graphic. Like wounded soldiers, dead dudes hanging all over the place. But it's cool because the Tardy story starts off like in the opening stages of the war. It's full color, like high chroma, just beautiful, shocking reds and blues. But as the war goes on, the thing devolves into this gray mess of crap. It's really beautifully done. We got to get together on this like soon. I didn't read it yet. All right, and, uh, uh, I will. I will order it, and I still have to read Punk Rock Jesus or oh, David. It's going my to God. Why would you say I still have to? I'm working on it. I had to. I had to finish comedian, and I had a photo shoot this week. You can talk about it. I can leave. I can walk away. Excuses, but I know it's next on my list. Seriously, right. I got something we all could have fun with. Didn't you already go? I did, but this is for all of us. Wow! All right. 
Because you're, you're going to love it. I guess I'm, I won't go then. No, you, could, we, you went with me. No. no, you go and then we'll all go. You go. No, you go. You hang up. Hilarious. You hang up. <laughs> Dude, I was going to talk about something that I thought you might have already read. Well, what's that? Dude, first of all, it's freaking... I, I don't know where Ross Campbell has been all my life. <laughs> but homeboy can draw his ace off. I know. I know it. I am talking about the second volume of Glory. Ah, oh, shit. I have it here, but I didn't read it yet. Oh, what the... You can go oh, into dude. it. Go ahead. I, I made the mistake of paging through it, so I probably spoiled some stuff for myself. So yeah. you, just, you just go right so, ahead. So this is volume two, Image Comics. Of course, uh, Glory created by a uh, friend uh, of the show, Mr. Rob Liefeld. Uh, this is the recreation of it, which we talked at length about the first volume when it came out. Um, written by Joe Keating, who is doing a hell of a good job with this. Uh, and drawn primarily by Ross Campbell. There are many, um, fi- not, I don't want to say fill in, because a lot of the issues have like five or six page kind of like flashbacks or flash forwards drawn by other artists to make it clear that they're different time frames. But for the most part, it's Ross Campbell. I mean, he's certainly cr- responsible for the, the general vision of this book. But my gods, is this book a blast. Yeah, It's ultra-violent, ultra-sexy. The dialogue is incredible. There's a, a part in this book where you see a two-page spread of everyone from the Supremaverse. Yeah, I saw but, that. It's so fucking cool, dude. It's, it's dense, like, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's like, um, you know, people that, that have listened for a while know from the last volume that the premise is Gloriana is on Earth and she is this just larger than life. I mean, like like two times the size of She-Hulk, you know, um, badass. And better looking, hybrid, too. Yeah, hybrid warrior. She looks kind of like uh, she's all like like she's she's pure white, almost like al- albino. And where we last left off in the first volume is she thinks her mom's died a long time ago. She's hanging out on Earth. She thinks her father is about to invade Earth. So she and her counter, her, her posse, which is uh, comprised of a um, really cute little tiny petite Asian girl, um, was the F for? No, I say it all the time. Whenever we talk about Ross Campbell... His characters look much younger than they actually are, so oh, so oh. There, there's a very dirty element to Ross Campbell's yeah, art. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Almost like fan service. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's Gloriana. It's it's a it's a, a naughty, a blonde uh, human woman named Gloria. It's this little Asian girl um, named Riley, uh, Riley Barnes. It's this awesome. I don't know if he, I mean I can't even really describe him, but he. I, I think the last time we talked about him, I, I mentioned he looked kind of like one of the rat creatures from from Bone. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's one of her her posse. She's got a flying dragon, like half bear, half dragon, Belazava. Um, but she's got a posse, basically, you know, her crew. And the first volume ends with her crew having to fight a balls to the wall war against the Thulians, and she is half. She's the intended ruler of Thule, which is her fa- her father's race. And she, um, you know, she has basically abandoned that that life, and her father sends a big army of Thulians, which are a bunch of crazy different looking monsters and mut- mutated creatures, all very different looking, yep. um, to Earth. And she and her friends wreck shop, and that's she's, how we. She's kind of like Orion in a sense. Yeah, she, and, and she's like a, a birth that was part of a pact between two warring. Exactly, yeah, and yeah. and we're left in the first volume with her defeating that 
that uh, that army and and us finding out that in fact her mom is not dead and her mom is still with her father and uh, there's a bigger plot. So we pick up where we left off there and um, we're introduced in this to her uh, little sister mm. uh, and her little sister who's on the cover of the book. She's the hotness. She is really? the hotness. As much as Glory is this gigantic, you know, bestial, Hulk-like, giant creature. I mean, she looks like China on steroids. Or, or China, if well, she was China. on five times as many steroids <laughs> as China was on. Um, well, her sister, uh, which I, I don't even know how to say the name. Um, I it, guess, I'm going to mess it up. Give it a shot. Najara? Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's something like that. But she she is, for, for as much as she is this felt, sexy version of she's the uh, fan service version of glory yeah she's got the same powers she's the offspring of the same two you know rulers of these two races um one of the main differences is is i guess they mentioned that when glory was born the mom had glory's tail cut off because her father has a tail mm-hmm. but this time since uh this time they decided to keep the tail so she's got this awesome tail that can like you know like it's kind of like angel Angel's wings when he became, you know, a horseman of the apocalypse. It's like metallic and it can cut people. And she too, after a little time, decides to go to Earth and give up being the heir to the throne because she doesn't want to do it. And this character is just one of the most interesting, fun characters I have come across in comics in ages. Not only is she sexy, but she's like a young, you know, ingenue and she just curses up a storm and it's so freaking funny to read like she just drops like like it's just incredible i mean i I, like you would think foul language would be nothing new but seeing it in the comic form and it's blacked out but you can tell what the words are is just hilarious i think i think it's absolutely fantastic um and she is just amazing amazing character her name is nana ja n-a-n-a-j-a um so we're introduced to her and at one point Glory goes to find her, and they fight because they hate each other. And the fight is so bloody and glory, and they're fighting so hard that they end up punching, going to punch each other. And they punch each other so hard that both of their arms blow off because they're so hard. Like, they're just, they're left with bloody stumps. Like, that's how much they hate each other. And then when they're done fighting, they basically have to recuperate for a few weeks, and they're sitting there talking shit to each other as they're laying in beds trying to heal. And uh, it's just awesome. And then they decide to put away their grievances to try and go and kill their dad, who they think is invading Earth. But it turns out that their dad's not really invading Earth. He is, in fact, um, he tried to invade Earth, but it went wrong because Glory destroyed them all in the first volume. And so now they're all united against an even bigger threat. And this threat is very, very apropos to our discussion about Pacific Rim last week because essentially the Thulians' versions of their gods are sentient creatures. And the gods get pissed and they come to fuck up Glory and her father and her mother and her sister. And since they're hanging on Earth, that means that they're coming to Earth to fuck things up. And uh, as a result, they and all of the... Uh, Supremaverse have to fight the, the, this god, which is this just gigantic kaiju-looking creature. And the creature, frankly, is a very, I think, similar-looking white. It's all white, but it looks very similar, in my opinion, to the creatures that were in Pacific Rim that Vince was shitting on. It's got this giant spiky well, head. At least you can see this one. Yeah, fair enough. And I will say that this one also has a guy cool Davis, thing. by the way. 
Well, true. Even this, the best have bad days. Eh, this uh, this this creature that they're fighting actually also, in addition to being ginormous in its own right, has uh, like these open areas, almost like nipples, and the, and these uh, <laughs> krang-like, brainy, like leech things fly out of it. And once they attach onto somebody, they um, you know kind of brainwash them and turn them into creatures that fight for this thing. Yes. So just this wildly creative, just like the last issue. I mean, all these buzzwords, everything that Pacific Rim was not. But go ahead. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but just so much fun. I mean, yeah. nonstop action, great characterization, humor, a little bit of the sexy time, just a little bit. Yeah, like you know, like Brandon Graham, uh, Campbell excels with the lips, the hips, and the titties. He, yeah, he can yeah. draw the hell out of. I mean, out of everything, but he seems to uh, lavish uh, the women, which is good. I mean, I'm. <laughs> That's not I mean, a you know. for wild cre- for wild creators like I mean for I'm just I'm sorry for wild like out of this world creations it's, yeah. it's amazing how much that, that Keating's got me caring about these characters because mm-hmm. keeping it real I won't say who but but one or two of them of the of the pretty big cast die I saw that battle yeah. and it, it it breaks it actually made me sad like I'm like oh man because it, and it just is uh it's great like like and to give you an example so so Gloria and her sister have made peace and they've decided they're gonna go fuck their father up. So they go to where they think their father's planning an invasion, and they crash their private jet into this this area, and they go to invade. And they walk in, ready to fight, and instead of a fight, they kick the door in, and their father, who's this giant, bestial, all-white alien, is standing in a beautiful kitchen in Oregon, cooking breakfast. And they're like, he's like, hey, girls, I figured that explosion was you. I have to apologize. I don't think I have enough eggs for you all. You guys want some waffles? And then the sister is awesome. Chicken. She's like, she's like, fuck yeah, I'll have some waffles. And then Gloriana's like, you've got to be kidding me. And he's like, no, I'm very serious. We have an abundance of waffle mix. And then she's like, that's not what I meant. You know it. You think we flew in for breakfast? And then, uh, and then the, the sister interrupts. She's like, listen, if waffles are being served, I'm eating some waffles. So you both shut the fuck up until I've had my fill. It's like, it's just hilarious. Like, it's great. And uh, and then like the the posse show up because they're kind of waiting in the wings for the signal and they don't get the signal so they show up ready to help help out and they walk in and they're like they're all having waffles and orange juice and they're like you guys are eating waffles it's just great it's great and then right from there they go into this giant gory battle it's just awesome and like Supreme and Suprema are there and my boy Bad Rock is in the book that's right like, um, the, the Gloriana punches her mom's jaw straight off it's just it's just Literally, the book is just unbridled creativity from start to finish. It's, it's good stuff, but it's sad because this is the concluding volume, right? You know it is, but I'll tell you what, though. Knowing that, because I know that this book was was intended to go further, you know? Right. Um, but it got canceled because the sales weren't great, and so they had to wrap it up. Knowing that going in, I was a little nervous, and I got to give Keating credit, man, because I've been tough on Keating with like his um, his Marvel work. You know, like I, I was not a big mm-hmm. fan of the uh, uh, the Morbius stuff and all that. He, for having to wrap this up before he was ready, I thought he did a great job wrapping this motherfucker up. Like, in the last issue, I, it was heartfelt. I won't get into it because I think people should read it, but he, he, pull, he, he gives us a bunch of different flashbacks, little looks into Gloriana and the other characters' pasts, and then he gives us a look into where they are right now. And I just thought it was unbelievably well done. I thought he handled it perfectly. And uh, for for what amounts to 12 issues and two trades – it was a great story. Yep. Like this is going to be one of those where we get those inevitable questions, like, "Hey, you know, what's a, you know, a, 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 a 
a short run book that that didn't go as long. You know, that you should read. This will be on it now. You know, like like yeah. DC's Hour Man, or like this is right up there at that. Like I'm going to be like, you know what? Read the Two Trades of Glory because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I know the sales didn't particularly warrant it, but I hope that they slam them all together in one hardcover somewhere yeah, down the line. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, like I said, I, I, I know Ross Campbell's done lots of other stuff, but but I just loved his work uh, in this. I just thought he did a fantastic job, and uh, and this book is something you all need to read if you haven't. It's just so much fun. He made lemonade. He did. Because let's be honest, the original glory, whatever. You know, this is not all that. He did good right. stuff. No, it was okay, but it's not not nowhere near this. This is just Sorry. really good stuff. Sorry. Sorry, Rob. Here to kick reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to have some fun? Of course. All right. The bo- Always. The boy and I were tooling around the Walmart just looking for stuff. The wife. So not me. No, my, my son. You say the boy usually to me. That's what you yeah, yeah. It, well, my boy. Okay. And, you know, wife and girls are, are shopping. You're my boy. And so I'm looking around. I have this, this pattern that I, I usually follow when I'm in the Walmart. I go to the toy department. Then we hit the DVDs and we go to the book section, book and magazine section. And in that section was a, a couple long tables and they were just stacked with remainder books, remaindered stuff, you know, just last year's model, all, all that stuff. But lurking in the, in the stacks were two Hardcover collections of Mad Magazine. Nice. One of them uh, was a thinner volume, full color throughout, uh, Mad Superheroes or something. And I'm going to go back for that because there was an awesome Frank Miller uh, illustration in there that I've never seen before. There was some Jim Lee stuff. And, like, they had a, a, a nice batch of, of real superhero artists. I mean, from the DC stable, I'm guessing, and and others, mm-hmm. to do their take on superheroes. So I'm going to go back and get that. But the one I did buy was a 400 and some page black and white hardcover collection for the paltry sum of $8.98. Damn, son. It's called Horrifyingly Mad. Nice. And it's published by Fall River, and it is a really broad look at all of the horror-themed stories that uh, were published in the pages of Mad. Not only the magazine, but the comic incarnation, too. Like, the first 24 issues, is it? I mean, this goes from Mad number 1 all the way up to the new stuff. And, uh, like, the very first story is Hoo-Ha, which originally appeared in the first issue of Mad, 1952. Mm-hmm. Uh, story by Kurtzman, art by Jack Davis. Ooh. Yeah, and it was it was originally colored by Marie Severn, but this is all black and white. But I just got to give the lady her due because Marie Severn was in on the ground floor of Mad from the the get go. Um, then you get uh, the Vampires, which was published in Mad Number Three, art by Wally Wood. Have you ever I like se- him. have you ever seen this story? He's good. It, it's this beautiful platinum blonde woman walking around. Uh, I'm assuming England at night. Because uh, she's blimey and governor, you know. But line up the back of the stocking, just like David Lee Roth talked about, and it's a Wally Wood, gorgeous, curvaceous female, and um, she's warned not to go out at night because there's there's vampires around, uh, and there's a little spin at the end. But oh my goodness, I mean, there's there's a reason why Wally Wood is regarded as highly as he is because the man could draw everything and drew everything well, especially children. 
Wallywood's kids, like that's a, that's a problem with with some artists. They you know they excel in some areas, but they seem to always some some artists have trouble with women and particularly children. Like there's not a large group of artists that can draw really great children. Wallywood was one of them. His kids are awesome. And and they're always they always have the shit eating grins on their faces, one teeth, one tooth sticking out. They're just beautiful. But the thing that that really got me going, and I think it's probably it's definitely one of my favorite Mad stories of all time. Uh, was written by Harvey Kurtzman and drawn by the criminally underrated Bill Elder. Uh, it's called Frank N. Stein. Have you ever seen this story? It was uh, originally published in Mad Number no. Eight, but it's been reprinted like to death. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's a takeoff on the Frankenstein legend, but it's loaded with chicken fat. In fact, there is a jar. Elder draws a jar of chicken fat actually in the story. There's bric-a-brac in every freaking panel. It's like one of those an Elder story. You can't just breeze through the thing. Every panel of this thing is just littered with with sight gags and and wordplay and it's 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 like in the very first panel um the uh bumble frankenstein's henchman is bringing you know raw material up to the castle and it's raining and there are cats and dogs falling out of the sky and buckets I mean, it's just that, that is, I mean, it's typical. It's raining cats and dogs, right? But when Elder does it, it's hysterical. Uh, there, there's a, a turkey in the background. Like, it's supposed to be a mountain, but it's a turkey. And the, the lightning turns into a fork, and it's sticking a fork in the turkey. And it's just sight gag after sight gag. The things, like, he'll draw a panel with Bumble knocking on the door. And he's got a casket strung over his shoulder and there's a good housekeeping seal on the casket and there's there's like there's a machine uh, there's a night deposit vault box on the side of the castle but then the next panel it all changes like there's a soda mat thing uh and it's just he he probably took a lot more time than than kurtzman wanted (laughs) to produce this stuff because it's dense every freaking panel has bazillions of 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 these just this, like these nice little funny plays on on it's chicken fat right that's what we, we that's um elder is the chicken fat dude and for rightly so he just would dump so much effort into this this thing and then he takes on the raven Edgar Allan Poe's the raven all by himself um and it's a straight adaptation text wise like he just presents Poe's text but. The stuff that goes on in the panels, nowhere near what what uh, Poe intended. There's a dog. In early in the story, there's a dog that's eating dog food, and on the on, next to the bowl, there's a bag, and it says giant size dog food. Like the bag is giant size, but as <clears throat> as the dog eats the dog food, he grows, and the story progresses, and you see the dog getting bigger and bigger to the point where the dog is cracking the ceiling. And like the, 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 the play of the raven is going on, like with, you know, the whole Nevermore thing. But the dog keeps getting friggin' bigger and bigger and bigger. It's nuts. And it's, it probably was just an offhanded thing, like, I'm gonna make the dog grow. But it makes the damn strip. Because let's be honest, Poe's raven? Nah. 
kind of tedious. What? Kind of tedious to read. It's the same shit over and over and over. You know? Uh, you're crazy. Nah, I mean, Poe's all right. Whatever. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but like I said, two weeks in a row, you got to pull this shit. I, I Poe's good. I give him his due, but he's, he's no Lovecraft. Uh, uh, don't be fucking. Oh, dude. I mean, as as it goes on, it goes up to the seventies, and I gotta say. If it wasn't for Mort Drucker doing doing the mad movie parodies, yeah. they would be incredibly tedious to read. Like Dick DiBartolo writes the the lion share of them, and he does Jaws too, and it's just tedious. It's excruciatingly painful. The jokes aren't funny, but thank God for Mort Drucker because the joy of this stuff is all in the art. It's just it's gorgeous stuff and. To be able to capture the likeness of characters like Drucker, like dead on every single celebrity he touched, he got. And you could tell that they weren't, the majority of the stuff weren't, wasn't drawn from stock photos or, you know, promo shots. He, he captured these guys in every angle from, from a bunch of different viewpoints and he nailed it every single time, which is, that's friggin' hard and borderline impossible. But so, so as the book goes on, you get the '70s and the '80s, and some stuff is better, you know, obviously than than other stuff. But I have been incredibly lax in checking out Mad. Like I would pick it up, uh, leaf through it at the, the the bookstore just to see Fowler stuff, you know, because once he told us mm-hmm. he was in there, I want I want to check it yeah. out. Uh, there's a dude who is relatively recent because I'm guessing because he does a Dexter parody. Uh, in what was originally Mad 490. Five pages in 2008. The dude's name is Herman Mija, M-E-J-I-A. I've never seen this guy's work before. He's hysterical. He draw, oh, yeah. he, he has the same knack for, for caricaturization as, or caricature as, uh, Drucker, but in a different, more, much looser, uh, style like he does the whole te- the whole cast of Dexter in this double page spread, and Dexter's dead on. He's got that furrowed brow and that nasty looking. I'm thinking something that you'll never know. Look that that Dexter has, but they're in the in the police. Uh, they're in the squad room, right? And they're eating donuts. All the characters are eating donuts, <laughs> and and he draws uh, Dexter's sister emaciated she looks like a corpse and she swallowed a donut and it's lodged in her intestine so as you go down her body her skin is wrapped around the donut (laughs) and she's got a friggin' lazy eye and i i swear i didn't even have to read it i looked at that that drawing and i just laughed out loud like rita has two jelly donuts jammed down the front of her dress and the jelly donuts are leaking so the, the the jelly looks like nipples and it's just it's freaking hysterical, man. Uh Vince, have you ever watched the show? The 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 Asian guy, Vincent? Dead on. Just just the the grimace that the, the like that shit eating grimace that he usually wears. It's it's perfect. And the story is hysterical. It's written by somebody named Charlie Cadow. Don't know him. Cadow. But honestly, if this is the standard for Mad, I'm going to be picking it up because this story is brilliant and it's just so damn funny. And like I said, amazingly illustrated. But the whole thing, 400 and some pages, you get your Jack Davis, your Wally Wood, 
um, Kurtzman, Elder, all the greats. Uh, uh, Sergio is naturally the thing is lousy with Sergio art. It's everywhere in here. Um, nine bucks for a hardcover. You cannot beat it. That's crazy. That's you, awesome. And it, but I mean, some people have a problem shopping at Walmart. I obviously do not. Uh, nine bucks. I mean, it's money in the bank. Of course not. You're public. I do. I do not have a problem with Walmart. If they're gonna give me a discount, man, I'm gonna take That's it. it. Fuck the workers, goddamn. That's right. Fuck, Fuck them. I got my nine dollar book, dude. You know what I mean? It's all about life choices. I didn't make them, uh, but no, it's make them every day. I didn't make them for them. It's it's uh, awesome, and you need to get it, and it's cheap. Go do it. I thought you guys would geek out and check friggin' Davis more. How could you not love? I mean, just run out right now. Who are you talking to, you son? Walmart. Why to spoil it? Huh? You, I'm joking. No, I, go go Jesus. get it. <laughs> I mean, shit, Jack Davis is my boy. He is. Uh, just, You know, I, I read a story that Jack didn't like to draw the horror stuff. Yeah, he didn't, I read didn't that like too. it at all. Yeah, but he did it back in the day because that's what they all were doing, and he was part of the part of the boys. But he was much more inclined to do the humor. You could tell. I mean, oh, I was I was listening to something a week or two ago, and actually, you destroyed my memory. Someone was talking about John Buscema, and I, as much as you know, I love him to death. I don't even know if this is true, but the guy was speaking with authority that Buscema never enjoyed drawing superheroes. I believe I can see that. That his preferred thing was the the Conans and the Barbar yeah. Elder. Yeah, I think God, look how long he was on Conan. I think you could tell. I think you could tell. See, I, mean, I don't. I don't buy that at all. And I'll tell you what's interesting about that. Uh, you can buy Buscema non-superhero pages for a fraction of what you can pay for to buy. Because he did a lot of them. Oh, for sure. Right, but, but, I mean, but he know, did them yeah. well. Because Palmer's mother. Regardless of the, the fact that maybe or not he didn't like doing them, what I'm saying is you you couldn't tell he didn't like to draw superheroes, but you could tell that he loved to draw Conan, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I have I have a question which being at this late hour You doing a live tweet? I well could in you, a way. Could you do me a favor before a that? Question. What? Before can you tell Dan to piss off? Wow. Yeah. Why? Because he's praising Chris's musical choices. Tell uh, tell Dan he's not my boo anymore. Have, it's because I have wonderful music taste. <laughs> uh, our 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 uh, our buddy. Jason Gonzalez asked me uh, oh. if um, he his question is, which is crazy because I've been thinking about it for a while now. But uh, do you guys? What are each of your guys' absolute favorite single comic panel of all time? Oh Jesus! That's what I'm saying. Single so this panel. Is wow. This, this is something that we really oh, probably geez. can't do now. Um, Congratulations to him, by the way. Absolutely, and and congratulations to Ryan Brown. Oh, you? Yep, stole my thunder. Yeah, sorry, bro. No, Uh, you. But uh, he he attached a panel of uh, Uncanny X Men two hundred five with Barry Windsor Smith and an extreme close up on on Logan. But uh, yeah, so something that what? Mine's the Wolverine panel. Wow, really? Do you oh, know? Yes, his is in the sewers. Yes, yeah, I know. This. Yeah. Absolutely. It's one of the yep. great, it's the greatest panel of all time. Now it's my turn. Yeah. Now it's Christmas. my turn. Hmm. I mean, come on. 
No, it How is. Many times that, that's a good one. As a kid. How many times with, with, with the fucking blanket over your head, with the flashlight, yeah. the comic, and... Oh, and yeah. Yeah. When that came out, I could stay up later than 9 o'clock, Chris. <laughs> uh, no, this was, this was after, like, you know, Monsterpiece Theater on a Friday night, and, and yeah, the flashlight and the blanket and the... the the, oh my gosh! Yeah, now it's my turn. I drew that panel a thousand times as a kid. Hmm. There you go. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, oh, it's the best. I mean, uh, damn. Yeah, that is a great one. I, I mean, that's top five for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love the. Um, I, I love the. I mean. I would argue this would be. I thought you were going to say the greatest single issue of all time, in which mm-hmm. case this, and that would be uh, this man, this monster. Um, so, wow. Okay. Wow. So I, that first panel of that of that issue, uh, Stanley, Jack Kirby, Joe Sinnott. Wow. Uh, <laughs> just the thing standing there in the rain. In the rain. Awesome. With his flasher coat on. Why are you laughing, Vince? I'm just because you threw it, Stanley. Got to throw Stan in there, baby. <laughs> You know what? Why wouldn't I throw him in? Yeah, why wouldn't you? He wrote it. He wrote. He wrote. He wrote things standing in the rain. He created it. He, oh yeah, God. he did. You got to. You got to bring the mood down. I, I would like conductor in front of us. I love the panel. I love the panel where Phoenix first appears. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me, X Men. What she say? She's like. She says about. She's like fire incarnate or something like that. I think. I'll have to check the first Uncanny X-Men omnibus, which they have not done a second Uncanny mm-hmm. X-Men omnibus. But, uh, yes. It's Do you have an answer, David? Oh, man. Um, I got a, I got a, I got a one beat. Go ahead. The panel where Bullseye kills Elektra. That is a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. I like the one where Peter Parker's exposed for being the bitch that he is when uh, he's holding wow. Stacy after she's dead. That's fucked up. That yeah, is. That, that, That's just no. fucked up. I don't remember it happening that way, but okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. we must have, we had was, the extended edition, David. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you guys must have not jumped into the 616 until then. There's There's... um. Oh, man. I'm trying to... My all-time favorite panel, while you're thinking, probably comes from Commandy number nine. Shocking. Yeah, I, I I really love the panel where the the murders, murdering midget is pulling Commandy's hair. I love that friggin' panel. That whole issue is just littered with with great panels. But before we die, I'm gonna get you that page. Yeah, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Why not? I think Eric Larson owns it. Probably. I, I would assume. Yeah. I think yeah. Lar- Larson owns like Ron. I need like, to talk to Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think Larson owns like four or five complete issues of Command. I don't think he owns issue nine though, because I think we did. We I thought we talked about that to like fire. Uh, I thought that was sent. That was asked of him around the way, and he said he doesn't own that issue. Yeah, In the friggin' panel where the bats are ripping through the 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 tracking site walls, and Commandy's like ah, screaming like a bitch. Uh, that's a great issue, man. And Mordecacus, that thing is friggin' disgusting. It's just a great issue. It's a single best issue from the greatest comic ever made. You know, I can't that's, front... Uh, yeah, that's just me. The um, Who the hell? 
What? Somebody's dinging me. Oh, dear, Chris. Um, I can't... Uh, this is a much more modern example, but I loved in the, um, in the Astonishing X-Men, the Whedon, uh, Cassidy Astonishing, when... when, when when David's boy Cyclops is like, to me, my X-Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a good that panel. Was last <laughs> dude, I was like, what's up? That, that was a- awesome, dude. I loved that. That is amazing. Yeah, and that th- was great. I love the fact that in all new X-Men, that Cyclops is drawn so slim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love, yeah. I mean, remember the Jim Lee version? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, sure. no. I mean, he was way too buff. There's a lot of times when he's way too Those buff. Beautiful. Uh, um, Hated that costume. I, I I love, and this is not necessarily because it if it has any significance other than it just it was in my wheelhouse and when I was first getting into comics. Is I love the the Simonson when Thor's turned into the frog that first scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's not. I'm not. I do like the Surtur Doom panels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I gotta give props to Gray Morrow for the uh, the Man Thing um, origin story in Monsters Unleashed when he, when he um, after Salas turns and he comes out of the swamp and he grabs um, the conniving bitch's face and burns her 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 flesh that panel is awesome i mean the whole thing's awesome gray morrow did a great job on it but that that's another one of those stories where um every every stinking panel is just great when uh he's shooting up in the car and he's he's uh you know beating himself up back in the in the cabin and she's standing there in the see-through night it's just like as a kid that that story just like whoa it was like this is borderline dirty and and very very disturbing because it's all dark and really well drawn. Shirtless Batman. That's a good one. From where? By George Perez with the hairy chest. No, the Neil Adams, dude. He still has a hairy chest. Yeah. Shirtless Batman in the, the Ra's al Ghul story. I tell you, I have a lot of favorite panels from the continuity books. You just completely yeah. glossed over Shirtless Batman. I'm, well, I'm shocked. No, I'm not. It's you're, Neil Adams. I'm just going with the Neil you're, Adams. Your Neil Adams appreciation card for the second fucking week in a row has been revoked. Why? Why? What did I say about Neil Adams last week? You didn't uh, back him up as the uh, greatest living comic book artist. He's, oh, he's, he's not. He's not. Uh, the uh, the Ozymandias panel from Watchmen's pretty dope. We got to get you to say Ozymandias. Well, it's. I'm, I'm not going to say it wrong. So I'm let's do it. Let's do an intercompany crossover. Okay. Oza, Ozamandias and Magneto. Repeat, Mjolnir. That's a yeah, Mjolnir. Okay, Ozamandias. 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 It's not Ozamandias. Hmm. It's Ozamandias. Amadeus. Amadeus. I love that song Amadeus, back in Amadeus. the day. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Zeus. <laughs> Now, y'all are – see, I didn't read DC growing up, so that's why it's hard for me to pick a you – know, I, I am I'm, – I'm the one that always seems to be – it's a series of panels, though, so it kind of cheats. I, I want to go by the cover then, I Jesus. guess, but it, it is – it's it's when um, when Flash dies in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh. Um, that's legit. Yeah. The, the uh, – Should have stayed legit. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, it – well, yeah. Uh, there's, um... But nothing sacred, so not surprised. That's true. I, they gave it away on the cover, because the inside of the issue wasn't as 
it, it, it really did give it away. But um, when uh, when Green Arrow walks in on Roy shooting up and, and yeah, realizes that, that that his ward is a, is a junkie, um, there were uh, that and and I like the um, when when Adrian Chase it full full blown vigilante when he comes out from um, from basically behind the curtain in in, in the mafia. Mm-hmm. Donna's house, but there, there were, um, there really are a lot of DC panels that, that. Yeah, I'm not a huge Mike Grell fan, but I remember being particularly shocked with the uh, the Black Canary rape issue. Remember when they mm-hmm. they had her all strung up, and I don't I don't remember the panel. It was more more the story that disturbed me than the than the actual art. I would think. Hmm. We got to give some love to uh, Steve Bissett and Total Ben for for Swamp Thing. There's a lot of great that's panels true. in that yeah, run, that's true. especially yeah. the 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 tuber sex issue. That issue is just loaded with great panels. Mm-hmm. Yep, can't argue that. For real, <laughs> you got some Bissett artwork too, because he a boy. That's right. I got uh, I got Bissett artwork. I got no. I I got to get on that. I, I actually have um, beset sculptures too. Back in the day, uh, the character on the first issue of Taboo, his uh, character Cardinal Sin, mm-hmm. he made pins, sculpted pins of the like a bust of of the character, and uh, he was selling them at uh, a convention in New York City. I bought one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen them anywhere uh, else. And it's, right. they're, they're signed on the back and everything. I love beset. Love them. That's awesome. There's some good Dude. panels in uh, in in the Goodwin Simonson Manhunter backup from yeah Detective. Never Collins. read it. Oh, really? You need to. Yeah, I've heard it's great. That is awesome. No doubt. So, I know uh, this may not mean much to Chris, but I know the other two of you are huge <laughs> fans of Adventure Time because yeah, I uh, I was mocking it. I one. don't have children. You don't. You don't need to, buddy. I was mocking it one Comic Con, and then I learned my way. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? But um, I don't. I think when this was uh, solicited, I was the only one that expressed a plan to buy it. No, you weren't. Okay, I'm halfway through, buddy. Oh my god, how good is it? It's amazing, dude. It's so good. It, it's amazing. It yeah. is incredible. The Adventure Time Encyclopedia. Yeah, uh, it, it is absolutely off the charts. A must own for anyone that has any passing interest in this in this cartoon. It's it almost is, too good. It's brilliant. So yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what I was getting into when I ordered this because you know I'm a huge fan of the Ohatmu and the Who's Who and all that. So when I saw the solicited, they had me at, at at the first word of the solicit when I said when I saw Encyclopedia. But this far surpasses my expectations. I thought this would be like a Who's Who. Um, where it would just be, you know, pro- pictures and profiles of each of the characters, and it'd be fun to read. But no. this is way better. So you get the book. First of all, it's got tons of spot varnish, which I know you are loving, Vince. Not only that, the friggin' cover is embossed too. It's embossed and, and spot, spot varnish. Yeah, it's incredible. The spine has spot varnish on it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Nuts. Um, it's uh, it's a tw- it's nineteen ninety five cover price. It's by Abrams, and Abrams does fantastic books. They just put great product truth, out there. Truth. The cover is called "The Adventure Time Encyclopedia: Inhabitants, Lore, Spells, and Ancient Crypt Warnings of the Land of Ooh, circa nineteen fifty six to five hundred one." Compiled by, and this is where it gets awesome. I love it. His, his loneness, Hunson Abadir, Lord yeah. of Evil, translated from the Scrolls of Ooh by Martin Olson. And so this book is written 
it is very much a who's who, but it's written by Hudson Abadir, which for those who might not recognize the name, is the uh, Lord of Darkness, the Vampire Overlord, uh, and uh, and he is uh, Marceline's, the Scream Queen's dad. Yes. And so this is his sort of almost diary-esque depiction of all the characters. And that makes this book from like a 10 to a 25. Because the way he writes these char- about these characters is just awesome. Yep. And it tells you so much about the Adventure Time world that we suspected but didn't know. Like it confirms that Ooh is Earth, which we've always thought. Yes. But, yeah. But we didn't, you know, we've always thought, but it confirms it was, you know, this is post apocalypse. This is yep. a, a nuclear apocalypse. It's devastating. They call it the Cloud Wars, the Mushroom Wars. Uh, it is, is, is destroyed the Earth. And, and somehow or another, Finn is like the last living human and is, you know, left to the care of Jake and his dog family. And um, and it goes from there. But Finn is just, commandy. Yeah, yeah, Finn is. We've talked about that before. Yeah, Finn is yeah. pretty much commandy. But but um, but like the 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 because it's written by by or quasi written by Hans and Abadir, It's so freaking funny. Like I just uh, like he just he because he's so dismissive of all of them. You know, like he 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 has such disdain for them all that. Uh, and then as if that wasn't enough, there's like tons of data porn in it. Like for example, like you're reading it and then like taped into the book. Remember how um for our listeners, remember how we loved how aphrodisiac Jim Rugg, you know, like he he did these different. He made the book look like it was this weathered old book, and he had like little vignettes in, in different typographies. Well, that's what this book is too. Like in the notes, in the typewritten notes that that Abadir's putting together, there are like post-it notes and and liner notes and pencil notes and like there's a data porn thing which is like how to recognize Finn the human. And it's a pie graph, and it says 97% stupid hat, 1% obnoxious personality, 1% reckless stupidity, 1% semblance of fast thinking. You know what I mean? And then there's like a uh, like an illustrative graph of the little of little Finn uh, diaper clad baby doing the I'm a oh, baby yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it gives you all the words to that. Yeah. And then uh, and then it's like. And then he's talking about, he's like, and believe it or not, this human and his family of canine fools became as close as a family of filthy Uians can be, especially Finn and his dog bro Jake. They got along so well, it almost seemed that they were destined to be in the same litter. When Finn grew up to be a teenager, Jake became his best friend. Henceforth, O oh reader, know that those two dudes are tight, man. In fact, nothing in, above, or below the land of Ooh could ever come between the dog and that human. Nothing. And then written in, like, scrawl. Because this is supposed to be like a copy of the book that Finn and Jake had absconded with, you see Jake's writing saying "for reals." It's like it's just great, dude. Yeah, but it's... don't don't sell it short because it's not cinemanga. Like it's not just screen caps. No, from no, the, no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen to the people who worked on this thing: uh, Renee French, Tony Millionaires in here, uh, Celeste Moreno, uh, Eileen Romano. You get. Um, Pendleton panels and panels and wards in here, yep. but it's cool. There's a there's a flip. It's like a flip book in the lower right hand corner. Yep. He did a little animation. It's like yep. every page you just flip it, and it's it's this, like this little, little facial. Yeah, it's spherical. It's, facial. it's so cool. But there, there's an artist in here uh, named Maha Mahendra Singh. Mm-hmm. And Jason, if you look, I notice this. It's on. Uh, it's chapter five, forbidden chapters in the Encyclopedia of Wu. Look! Look at the drawing when uh, Jake and Finn are in the maze. There's a okay. dick in the background. 
Oh, you're there's right. a That's dick hilarious. in the background. Right. That's it's insane, man. Oh. This is supposed to be for you know, it's be for kids. The it's dangling. definitely not for just. I mean, it's appropriate for kids, and I don't think a kid would notice a dick, but yeah. dense as hell, and like very rarely will I chuckle reading a book. I was laughing reading this damn yeah. thing. David, pick a pick a minor character from the from the from the cartoon. Uh. Turtle Princess. Oh, wow. easy. Hold on. Turtle Princess. Hold on here. These nuts. Hold on. I think you, you're going to F me up because I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I don't Sorry. think she's in here. The librarian's yeah. not in there? Oh, yeah. No, she is. Okay. Head librarian of Ooh and princess of the turtle people, she has a rather deep voice and is the only princess with a second job. One of the many princesses who actually wanted to marry Nice oh, King, she is, yeah. but the dude rejected her. Psych. She, she's she's not in the alphabetical section she's proper. In the, she's uh, in the she's princess. In the most annoying, yeah. the most hated That's, princess of Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I believe. Uh, I believe the. Vo- I believe it's the same voice as uh, Peppermint Butler. Fucking Ricardio. I hate dude, that guy. So, oh, I love. <laughs> remember, remember Zergiak, the, uh, the 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 troll king. The, the Goblin King, the one that's always spanking his subjects. Remember him? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so this is what this is what Aberdeen says. Uh, Goblin King and one of my poker buddies who still owes me money from a hand of Texas Hold'em. Unfortunately, he's obsessed with spanking his subjects with disturbing little provocation. Perhaps I've said too much already. And then Jake draws in a little thing of Jake spanking Zergiak and says, "You got that right, Abadir." It's just it's so freaking creative and funny. There's a whole thing about Bimo. Uh, like how to control him. Uh, it's just, it's just a blast, man. Yeah. I gotta say, I mean, seriously, anyone that likes the cartoon, this is a must-have. I okay, mean, I've been I'll... reading it to my boys, and they are just off the charts with this. They can't get enough of it. They think it's just hilarious. Yeah, because so. be, be, cause we all love the Amazons, and we know Chris is going to head over there real quick from our link. <laughs> you can, it's, it's. Uh, Jason mentioned it's twenty dollars cover price. Amazon has it for twelve seventy-six. Oh, jeez. The Kindle edition is nine ninety nine. Wow! Nice. So it, it it is in part Atlas Encyclopedia Storybook Child's um, Coloring Book like Foders Travel Guide. Yeah, it's just a, a like there there looks like tear sheets from magazines like advertisements. I, I, I gotta talk you, to Renee. you get Bemo's um, manual yep. in in here. It's nuts. It's incredible. Dude, he introduces um. Hold on a sec. You get the complete lyrics to Daddy, Why Did You Eat My Fries? Oh, awesome. And Stompin'. They're the punchy buns. I love that It's song. nuts. It is, it is a must-buy. A must How to Stop Reading This Book, in which the book itself implores you to stop reading it. You need to get it. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, there's a... Um... There's like a Johnson Smith pages with all these weird novelty items and, and curses. Exactly. There, and Bimo's in that. Yeah. He's one of the... And there's a, a Marceline's blog, which is like about her travel destinations. I like the ring and, of beef. Yeah. And he... Uh, <laughs> Hudson av- introduces the blog and he's like, being the source of all evil, I of course invented the cell phone and internet, allowing me to track the precise whereabouts of every entity in the land of Ooh, so that I may eventually round them up, suck out their souls, and sell their carcasses for dog meat. However, call me an old fogey, but I could never figure out my laptop, so Marceline sets up all my passwords and whatnot. She also showed me her travel blog, which I thought would serve as an appropriately evil chapter ending. Bon voyage. Like, it's just so freaking creative. I mean, yeah. oh, it's just awesome. It's I'm so now, glad how, I bought this. How, how, how current, how up to date is it? Like, does it have Dave? 
with uh, Finn's alter ego, or does it? Is, I is think it like so. Last oh, okay. Uh, it's a good question. But yeah, you know the price changed on this. It was originally solicited at um, I think fourteen ninety nine, and DCBS had to adjust their discount after the fact when the price went up to nineteen ninety nine. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. That's just a little bit of the more than worth it though. behind. Oh, at any yeah, even at a uh, twenty four would still be worth it. It's got excerpts from the Enchiridion, which people of the show know about. Nice, yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's got the BMO manual. It's got uh, James Baxter the horse. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So it is. It, it's fairly current then. In Ricardo. Yep. It's got. Um, it's got at the end. It's got a chapter called "If You Read This, You Will Die." <laughs> I didn't. Uh, oh, I did. <laughs> it's got a section on Ice King's fan fiction. Well, and I it's hope. got a history of the Ice King. Ice King actually used to be human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When he, until he found the crown, yep. and 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 before he really turned, is when he found little little girl Marceline. Yeah. I love that episode. That is an awesome. That is a episode. great, so great awesome, episode. This confirms it. It says that the crown made him evil, made yep. him nuts, and uh, yeah. So uh, very, very cool, dude. Like I need this. Just, just so much fun. Yeah, and it's and definitely it's, something better to have in in, in paper than yeah, yeah. It's a small footprint too. It's a, it's not a, a gigantic book, so you can you can put it on the shelf. It's not going to take up any space. I'm a butter your buns. You need to get it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here this episode. What? We're done already? No, we no, still I got we still so. got to do no, the... I still have so many comics. We got to do the In Your Travels. This episode, as usual, has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge, massive discounts, 35 to 75% off. Previews for a buck and change. They don't mind late order editions or late orders. And if you're a first-time customer, enter the code David. EOC8. EOC8 into the slot gets you extra 8% off. It's incredible. DCBService.com. I don't have it in your travels yet, so you guys got to go. Go ahead. Really? Yeah, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. Should we go in reverse order this week and switch it up? Whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, go, Jason. Oh, all right. I guess I forgot that would be to go first. Uh, (laughs) Oh, okay. Go ahead. I got one. Uh, In your travels... Uh, I referenced it briefly in the beginning of the show, but uh, by IDW, who is another publisher that's killing it. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of the second trade of Mars Attacks. This is Mars Attacks on Ice, written by, of Chew fame, Mr. John Lehman, art by John McRae and Andrew Elder. And uh, much like the first volume, this is just a blast. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a couple different vignettes that have an overarching... Uh, narrative because of one of the Martians is is the main character in all the vignettes, but it kind of is a journey through his his life uh, as an invader of Earth, and uh, it's just a blast. The cartooning is straight out of, I mean, it's just vintage stuff. It's just evocative of of the classic EC stuff. Uh, McCray is definitely at his finest here, and uh, I uh, I guess I, I feel bad uh, I have to give him credit yet again, but this is another book that I probably wouldn't have read had Vince not. For years, gushed about the uh, Mars Attacks top stuff. So I tried this on a whim, and I'm glad I did because uh, this is great. It's great stuff. It's good stuff. That is awesome. It Very is. good. Yeah. Uh, in your travels, uh, because it 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 uh, was recently. I have to thank Chris for sharing this Facebook post because it brought me down memory lane. Um, but. I'm going to say in your travels, go out and pick up 
the hardcover uh, with some extras thrown in of Capote in Kansas by Andy Parks and Chris mm. Omni. And and it is Eisner winner. Chris Did Tom. I? That's awesome. Uh, and 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 the reason it it is, I mean, I the book itself. This well, I have the, the paperback. I, I picked it up in years ago. Yeah, the same year I picked up Off Road, uh, Wizard World two thousand six in Chicago. Um, picked it up Saturday morning, I believe, and Saturday evening. Uh, Vince and myself and and. Chris Somney and Michael Oliveri and Cullen Bunn and and a few other people were were sitting around over by the elevators at the uh, in the hotel and uh, Chris was sketching in uh, the Chris Neesman designed silver sharpie. Uh, oh God! He, he gave me a head sketch and 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 Andy signed the inside. So I I have um, it's one of the few books I own where both creators uh, actually signed my copy and and uh, I'm I'm dying to flip through the hardcover but yes the hardcover is available now and you should i mean the art is is amazing it's, 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 it's it was it was out of print and it has been re-released in an expanded and updated hardcover it's i i'm double dipping on it and it's and it's 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 older chris Som- i mean you can still tell it's chris somni work but it's it's not oh it's got it's what how many years old now well, like I said, I mean, I bought it in 06, so this is... Um, huh. Confession time, never read it. Dude. You You've never read Capote and Kansas? No. Oh, you need to. It is, yeah. it's basically, and... and it's and true, you, it's true fiction. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if you saw the uh, the movie Capote, it's it's pretty much the same thing. But it, it's, um... You know, it's Andy's it, take it's on it, cool. you know, you know and, Andy, Andy researched the hell out of it, yeah. but it is, it's true fiction. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a ghost story. In, in a way, it's um, but it's it's it, kind of it, really good. Yeah, it's you know Andy is Mister you know, Kansas historian, and it's something that was very near and dear to him, and he put he put a lot of a lot of passion into researching that. It's he um, you know the, this is this is a story out of out of Kansas history that's that's very um, um, very close to him, and uh, yeah, it's. Capote in Kansas is awesome. It is. Now I'm just waiting for them to reprint Union Station. Uh, they did last year. Did they? Yes, yeah, right, cool. they did. All right, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It should be. It's it's out there. It's available. Union Station, which is another Kansas City story. Um, yeah, it's um, if you want to for all of you people, you know, not in the heartland that want to know about how us rubes live, um, you should uh, you should get both those books. Cool. There you go, Chris. Your turn. I have one. I have one of them. Which one? Capote in Kansas. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. and Union, Union Station. If you like, um, oh, what was the um, uh, the other gangster books of the kind of nineties that I'm thinking of? Uh, you know, History of Violence and um, Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. If you like Road to Perdition, you will like. Um, Andy's Andy's other work, um, uh, Union Station and Road to Perdition are are kind of attached to the hip. You, you, you know why I really want it? Huh? Eduardo Barreto. Yeah, you know, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, I miss him. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, He's no doubt. A, Great artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gone. Gone way too early. 
Um, in my in your travels, I have I have two. Um, first of all, I want to no. I'm going to be brief, well, unlike other people. Um, I want to thank um, Jason. Brand of a name. I want to thank Jason, asshole. Oh, never mind. Um, for <laughs> for um, alerting me to the release of Harlan Ellison's Seven Against Chaos. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Yep. So I got that. I got that. You should really talk my... about that next time, Jason. I, I, I think you went by really quick in your review. <laughs> yeah, I um, just mentioned it. <laughs> I cannot. Wait to dive into this. So it's Harwin Ellison and Paul Chadwick. So it's um, uh, it's produced by DC. So good for them for not yeah. sucking. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> so order this. Harwin Ellison's awesome, and so is Paul Chadwick. So I can't wait to read that um, after Punk Rock Jesus. I promise, David. Uh, and my uh, my other in your travels is um, it's from a guy that. I continue to want to know more about, and he is like the Liberace. one. He's the one person in comics that I've never heard a bad word spoken about. That every creator that ever worked with him holds him in high regard. John Byrne is one of the people that that talks about this person oh i know one of the all-time greats he is the editor's editor he is a writer's writer he's a person that i think is absolutely important to the history of comics and that's archie goodwin hell yeah he's he's one of the just shy of the mount rushmore oh Maybe just shy of the Mount Rushmore. He is the foundation that the that the Mount Rushmore might be built on because every creator that ever worked with him, all I've ever heard is what an amazing person he was. Not what a great editor he was. And they'll all say that he was a great editor, he was a great writer, but every person that I've ever heard say the name Archie Goodwin talked about the person about the the quality of of human that he was and dc just released um tales of the batman archie goodwin which is it's an amazing collection of batman stories with i mean some of the greats you've got jim aparo um walt simonson um gene haw is in there uh, it, it's it's uh, Alex Toth, Howard Chaikin. It's 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 a huge list of of creators that worked with Archie Goodwin on on Batman stories. Um, and this, if for for if no other reason, has the Manhunter um, Detective comic story in it, which has been collected a couple times. But if you wanted it in a hardcover, this is this is your chance to get all of the. The Archie Goodwin and Walt Simonson Manhunter stories that appeared in Detective Comics, and they're amazing. They're, they are landmark um, stories in, in DC's history. Now, with the disclaimer, and you can check the Amazon reviews, there are there are issues and stories in this that have been already released in hardcover format in other Tales of the Batman um, collections, so... Mm-hmm. If you have some of the the tales of the Batman in hardcover, you might be double dipping or triple dipping on on some of these stories. But 
for a collection of Archie Goodwin Batman stories, I had to get this. What's the page count? If it has all the Manhunter stuff, it's all. It's um, it's a lot. It's over two hundred, I think. It's um, it's thick. I mean, it's oh, a, nice. it's a, it is um, oh, what's it compared to? Um, it is it is a it is a hearty hearty read. Um, <laughs> Oh god, probably close to the commandy on the buy. Wow, nice. Yeah, that, that's yeah. like yeah, it's like four hundred. Eh, not quite that. It's in the two hundreds, I think. Mm. Three, so, four. Cool. Uh, it, just just check. It'll have the. I, lo- the page. I love it's, Archie. It's, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot of really good Batman stories. You always uh, felt his absence, like when he was doing the Warren stuff after yeah. after Archie left. Not quite the same. Def- you know, definitely, definitely a dip in quality after Archie uh, left. I, you know, every, you know, when whenever you, you you talk to John Byrne and you're like, who in the comic industry do you not hate? Yeah, but you know, it, you know, it was it was kind of the the loose framing of the of the question, and the the two names that 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 I remember bringing. You know, I remember him bringing up were were Roger Stern and Archie Goodwin, and I'm like, you know, if if John Byrne, the the curmudgeon of curmudgeons, uh-huh. it, it is like, you know, I'll never say a bad word about this person. It's pretty. That's pretty high praise. Yeah. And uh, you you go down the list. Everyone that ever worked with Archie Goodwin, um, James Robinson. You know, I was I was lucky enough to have a chance to talk to James Robinson, and you talk to him about the people that he had a chance to work with in this industry, and I think he worked on the very last um, Archie Goodwin project. He was the like the last writer that Archie Goodwin edited, and I'm you know I hope I'm not wrong on that on that tidbit, but um, he's like yeah that's that's that's. A, a huge thing, you know. Every person that ever worked with Archie Goodwin was was like the the man made my work better. And there's very few editors out there that you hear that kind of reverence about. Um, you know, I hear that about you know Will Dennis is an editor that I think creators really uh, enjoy working with, and he's someone that that I think's uh, that I think he brings good things out of out of creators, but um, you know that that whole that whole era of editors that I think were you know consummate professionals that weren't these you know kind of snot nosed kids right out of college that that era is kind of gone now, and and Archie Goodwin was was one of those guys that made the industry better. So yep. this was a chance for for people to to kind of see what he did as not just an editor but a writer. Denny O'Neill, another one. Yep. Yeah. Respect. There you go. Every now and then Chris like slaps us over the head with a little bit of maturity and we're like, "What?" It's done. Yeah. It. You, 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 Where ever... were you the rest of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> we're used to the fuck him. Well, I'll, g- that. I'll give him a chance to go back to the old Chris right now. All right. I'm going to pimp um Last week I, I pushed the Shonen Jump weekly and I'm going to do it again this week because there is a serial in there called One Punch Man that is amazing. Uh, it's written by a person called One. 
obviously a pseudonym, uh, drawn by Yusuke <laughs> Donkey, uh, <laughs> uh, drawn by a person named Yusuke Murata. Now, if I told you, read this installment. It's nothing more than a giant mech flying over the city. Uh, you'd be like, yeah, okay. It, it's uh, it's wordless r- until the last page, but it's done in a way. Uh, One Punch Man was originally a webcomic, but because uh, Shonen Jump is only digital, it kind of doesn't matter because they can they can scoop in the webcomics now because it's essentially the same format as the magazine, all digital, right? Um, it's, it's a mech flying over the city and it's done in the equivalent. You have to landscape the iPad to get the full effect. It, it's, it's a, essentially this super shiny, glossy mech flying over the city, panel after panel after panel, and it goes out of the frame at one point and you just see the blast of the rockets that, that are propelling this thing. But the way the city's drawn, it's it's in full color and it's painted. It is gorgeous. Um, and then it leaves the frame and the city is whizzing by and it, it's it's almost avant-garde the way it's done. It, it it comes in from the top of the frame, barrels down. You see leaves flying and shit. And there's there are some points where you don't actually see the mech. You just see like the breeze generated by the mech and all the shit that's floating in it go by. But then it lands on a rooftop and. He does a, a tight shot of the mech, and it's super shiny, and the, the faceplate is egg-shaped, so you see a reflection of the city and the sky, and the, like the, the skyscape in the faceplate of the mech, and it's this blast of color. It's gorgeous, fully painted. It's just incredible, and not boring at all. It's it's exciting, and then when the the strip kicks in proper, it's it's kind of funny and sarcastic, and it's it it plays on genre tropes with the superhero genre, like One Punch Man. He's named that because he vanquishes his foes with one punch, and he's kind of jaded. And yeah, I guess I'll save it. Like no, it's really really good stuff. Um, like I said, cheap to subscribe. It's like twenty. There's a special twenty bucks for the year. It's a weekly. It's something to read every week, and it's thick as hell, and it's a good value, and I, and it has one piece. That alone should let you buy it, but it's not just – Shonen Jump does not exist on one piece alone. There are a lot of great strips in here, and it's well worth your time and attention. So there you go. That's mine. Nice. Oh, and we okay. can't forget in your travels, because I'm sure we all meant to, our beloved brother from another mother and Vince's – theoretical artistic collaborator uh zach cruzy has just launched a kickstarter for his convention appleseed yes sir which uh we wholeheartedly support uh i wish it wasn't in uh fort wayne indiana because then i'd guarantee i'd be there but uh but nevertheless it is um launched live today and they have a ton of different tiers Ranging from you know simple pledges, but uh, the cool thing is is which is really smart of Zach is that most of the tiers include you know for the right price uh, admission to the con, which is really the savvy way to do it because it amounts to basically 
prepaying for your ticket. So if you're planning on going anyway, if we were, if we were still doing um, Windy City, that's totally the model we would have gone with. So yeah, so incredibly smart for him to. And and I though although it's not at all my cup of tea, um, I, I I realize that that there are many listeners and and even some of my ho- my co-hosts that love Peter Bag, and you can buy Peter Bag original artwork as a pledge. Uh, you can buy Peter Bag commissions. Yep, as nice. a pledge. You can buy Steve Bryan commissions. You can buy commissions from several other gentlemen whose names escape me. You can buy Tom Scioli commissions. Oh. So you, there, are pl- <laughs> there are plenty of ways to support Appleseed, even if you aren't sure that you can attend the con, um, which I'm pretty sure I cannot. But but uh, it's it's when certainly worth it? your attention. When's the show? It's it's in the it's like the second or third weekend in May. And that's why I can't because it's my my wife and son's birthday. So I, that's always a tough time for me. But yeah, but Man, yeah, it's it's sure. in the middle of May. I, so. I missed the last the last year. Man, Peter Bag because I got one square left on my on my JLA commission. Peter Bag would be pretty cool. It would be very cool. Yeah, to do who? A neat one. Plastic Man. Um, the long it in man. That'd be cool. Yeah, I got an idea. Of course, right. I do. You already you already have a creeper. Yeah, I got a creeper. Yeah, I got Umberto yeah. Ramos. Yeah, yeah. Which but I, I heard the word a couple times when you guys were talking, and it's definitely the 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 word I immediately that immediately comes to mind whenever someone mentions Mister Crucy, and that's smart. He's just he's damn smart. Probably <laughs> probably one of the smartest dudes I know. That is and, true. And uh, you, well. <laughs> you you should um, really support this because it is a worthwhile cause and. I'm going to see if, if I can't get there. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, it's big doings. i got to support my brother. That's nah, true. I would love to go. It's just, uh, for me, it's just at the worst possible time. But but I, it's going to be a great show, I'm sure. Buddy, firework capital of the world. Dude, That's I would love to go. Seriously, it's just that that month is like, the, you know. Go down you and blow have, shit up. When you have Mother's Day, your wife's birthday, and your son's birthday all in that same yeah. little window, it's tough. There you go. It is. Yeah. 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 I got, yeah, because I got yeah, Renee's birthdays in May also. Yeah, so. exactly. I do want to give a quick thank you because it happened late in the show. Shit when um, birthdays. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> uh, um, Abraham Mustafa sent me the, uh, the the fourth issue of High Crimes available for Monkey Brain and uh, Comicsology. So I cannot Sweet. wait to read the fourth issue of that. I'm enjoying. I'm not big on um, on on uh, mountain climbing. So you know, I, I never really watched K two or Cliffhanger. So uh, a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of people trying to make it to the, the, the top of the peak and everything. I, I'm not well versed in that world, but I, I really do enjoy the uh, the characters and, and the setup with uh, with high crimes. So nice. Yeah. I, I have been plagued by a string of bad movies. I, I mean, every movie I've been seeing lately is just. Bleh. Did you guys see? Oh God! And, and oddly enough, did you guys see Mama? No. Uh, really? Yeah, Del Toro scooped it I up. I haven't even seen Avengers yet. It's a really. False. Yes, I've seen it. Of course. I oh, have. it's a it's a Canadian Spanish production that Del Toro scooped up and, and brought it over. Uh, it just sounds like a hot mess. Oh, it's terrible, terrible, terrible movie. You know what we watched this weekend? I. I it was a blast of the past. I haven't seen it in years, but I fucking love this movie. And and we um we we decided to watch Dutch. Ah, love that. I movie. love that movie. Yeah, it's awesome. 
it took him years to finally you know work together again but I, I enjoyed the, the hell out of that movie cool I lied I did see one recently that that was very good what the uh, reworking of Evil Dead Oh, I, uh, it's on my, I, it's on my iPad. I haven't watched it. It, it was done in reverence. And because um, Campbell and, and Ramey were in on it, I mean, they, I think they were producers or executive producers or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's... it's. Wait, up, if I hated the first one, as you know I did, am I going to No, you'll this? like this. Okay. You'll like this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's somewhat different than the first one. Up until a certain point, it becomes very different than the first one. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. It's It's very gory. And the language is very foul, as it should be. Possessed people should spout obscenities. Did you see that that chick from Iowa, white with the rhubarb? Oh man! What? (laughs) (laughs) The chick from Iowa with the rhubarb? What? Oh, it's viral. You guys will see. Okay. Wait a minute. Is it like two rhubarb one cup? Is it? Jason right. and I did the mind meld. It was Jason. amazing. <laughs> Is it like goatsy? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's some very very angry person um, with rhubarb. trying to steal rhubarb, and she's um, filthy. That's oh order. my Are god! Like, ingredient, dude. What? It's a tough ingredient to cook with. It is bitter. Oh, Could be horrible. very bitter. Yeah. yeah. I hate rhubarb pie. It's nasty. I hate rhubarb pie. Yeah, yeah I don't buddy, like it. Uh, really. Mm-mm. Enjoy next week's uh, David Chris. Uh, oh, you're teasing. Yeah. It's going to be different, but different's good. If you want the same so shit, it's going to be awesome. What was it? Well, so. um, David, was it was it two years in a row? Um, it was uh, best 11 o'clock episode of the year. Who votes on these things? If any listeners are in the uh, Outer Banks, um, by all means, give me a shout-out on the forums or Twitter. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there for eight days. So if y'all want to get together and have a beer or something one night, I'm, I'm up for that. Cool. And I'll be in Ocean City, Maryland. Dude, I want to be in Ocean City. We're stopping there on the on the drive down. For real. Dude, Saturday I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there Saturday? No, we're not leaving until Saturday. Damn it. Yeah, Saturday morning. Damn, I'm going to pee in a corner somewhere. You can just <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, some of us will be back next week. Same stinking time, same stinking channel. Join them. Join, what are we going to talk about? Dave? Join us. Maybe punk rock Jesus. You want to? Just don't talk about the Harlan Ellison <laughs> joint next week what's, because let's talk. Let's talk about Harlan Ellison. No, no, dude. My my Jesus. second favorite writer. Um, I talked about it at length last week. Thanks for listening. I did. Oh, I think I think I think we should talk about the tax code. And, uh, you go right ahead. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Medicare and oh. uh, and how um, Action Medicare is actually going to create jobs. Oh, oh sure. Mm-hmm. It'll be the first episode. That, it'll be the first episode that Jason doesn't listen to. There you go. Seriously. Oh, it'll be it'll be great. I think we should um, we should the booking definitely. of space. Um, <laughs> Mobius being the 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 greatest not living comic artist. Nothing gives me more than getting something right that the rest of the Wall Street doesn't understand. Boom, boom, chakalaka. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Get out of here. Go have fun. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Cause we love you. Call David. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Loaded with gas. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you really? <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe, maybe, it was, know. maybe it was the two-liter bottle of Pepe Mac I just drank. Chris. Yeah, you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. So, Am I supposed to stop recording now? Okay. All right, bye. bye. Later. Peace out.